following announcement has been paid for by the WZWA Network. Hi, everybody. This is former WWE superstar Al Snow. And- CWN is Sean Oliver. My name is Eugene. And you are watching the Insider's Edge podcast. Now get on the train. What's going on, guys? Another edition here on the WCWA Network. Tonight, we've got a local legend here in Perth, Western Australia, who wrestles for Explosive Pro Wrestling. And we had uh, the owner of uh, Explosive Pro Wrestling uh, on the show a few months ago, known as uh, David Storm. Uh, Of course, yeah, had an awesome chat with him. And uh, that was absolutely a lot of fun. And we found out uh, the history of EPW, uh, as well as the others um, that kind of came and gone. And uh, one of the guys we have here tonight was uh, mentioned there a lot. But before I mention him and introduce him in, I want to uh, introduce my host tonight, as usual, California and Fury. How you going, mate? What's going on, bro? I'm excited. This guy's my favorite Perth professional wrestler. Yep. Huge fan. And uh, this is going to be fun, man, because as soon you know, the first one that you want to do is always going to have to be Davis Storm, right? Oh, of course. And, yeah. and we discussed, okay, who, who's next? Well, of course, it was the fucking Don, bro. It had to be the Don. Of course, man. And all, all the names that we say that we want to interview in Perth, like we say, like, we don't only want to do so many in Perth, but and the guys we want to interview are the, you know, you already know, Carl, but the Mount Rushmore of Perth. Absolutely. All those sorts of names, man. Yeah. Um, and of course, I'm glad that I've actually made it here tonight because last week we had uh, the Blue Meanie on the show. And yep. I feel and, like uh, uh, you fell asleep and you missed the show. And I did it by myself. The Blue fucking Meanie. That's what happens when you day drink, Jack. The Blue fucking Meanie, man. <laughs> yeah. like, I've been a fan of him for so long and I... <sighs> anyway, it wasn't... <laughs> Useless cunt. Uh, anyway, right, bring, we... on, bring on our guest, bro. We've got the Don Michael Morleone here. Don, how are you going tonight, my friend? I am doing great. What an intro, guys. I'm Mount Rushmore of Perth Wrestling. You know, Carl's favorite wrestler. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm flattered. I'm, my, my cheeks are blushing. I'm, you know, it's great. But also, before we get too far, how did you sleep through the, the Zoom chat with Blue Meanie, brother? Um, like, so, oh, goodness. So I had a, uh, <laughs> had a day drinking uh, gig watching the footy. I'm a Brisbane Lions supporter, so I'm having a good season. And uh, we played St. Kilda last week and uh, went to a mate's house. who's was a St. Kilda supporter. Had a bit too much to drink. Came home. Had my alarm set for 9 p.m. because uh, we had it set for 11 p.m. And I just never woke up. And I woke up at, uh, at 9 in the morning to Carl just spamming me with messages. And <laughs> Where the fuck are you? <laughs> what oh, has no. happened? Here I am thinking he might be in hospital or something. There's no way he'll miss out on this or, or not yeah. tell me what's going on. So, oh, well. Gone and missing persons reports and stuff, man. Fire out. <laughs> oh, man. It was uh, awful. I was fucking pissed when I woke up. But, hey. <laughs> Carl, you want to kick things off? Sure, bro. Um, so, Don, we always start every conversation with the same question. And that's how you became a wrestling fan when you were young. Ah, so... It's weird because uh, memory, the memories I have that are very strong is I, I can't tell you exactly what the show was. I remember sitting down like early morning, Saturdays, I think it was on channel nine. And I want to say it was world-class championship wrestling, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I just remember being a kid and seeing like W and it looked like a hundred C's like WCCCCW. So I'm assuming from my knowledge later, that it was actually world-class championship wrestling. And they had like, um, I think the only person I remember was seeing uh, Hulk Hogan, but um, just, it was on early. And then there was a gap 
um, of not watching much wrestling. And then I think there was um, uh, WrestleMania 13 uh, was on Channel 10. It was Austin versus uh, Shawn Michaels. And that was another little boost of like, holy, holy crap, wrestling. Like it, and it, but there was never anywhere really to regularly watch it. Mm. Uh, and then there was that little period of time where you would get Sunday night heat at like 11 o'clock at night or could have even one in the morning. It didn't matter to me, but like that, they, they would have Sunday night heats on. Um, then you would get like, it was all sporadic over the years of little bits. Um, and then, uh, my local video store, um, you could get like 10 weeklies for 10 bucks. <laughs> Yeah. And it was all like, um, you'd have maybe one or two WF, but it was all like ECW, but not even like extreme championship wrestling. It was Eastern championship wrestling and oh, watching that. And like, it was still good, but it wasn't the, the hype that you get from like, then later on, I think channel 10 put on King of the ring. Um, uh, kind of maybe 98. I think you're talking about Survivor Series 98, the Deadly Game. Survivor Series. Yeah. Yes. I watched that. I, that was the first night I was a wrestling fan was from watching that. Yeah. So these were all like little bits and then that like really picked it up. And then I kind of like made my dad get Foxtel. Like I was like, I, I have to watch something. And then Foxtel and then you'd get three hours of Nitro on, on TNT. Yeah. And it was pretty much all the Conan filthy animals videos and you know kevin nash and Rey mysterio but like three hours and i was glued um and i couldn't like there was even like if you turn to the main event channel they'd have wcw at the time had this really cool thing where they would do like a tiny little maybe 15 minute hype package for the next um pay-per-view that was coming up uh like these spring stampedes and and all that and they but they would have mike today in there just having a chat and I, I thought I hacked the system. Like I was watching wrestling for free. Like I wasn't paying for it. So I'd right. watch those re same replays over and over and over, like just the little snippets building up the, the pay-per-views. And then I quickly learned that they, they were just selling it to me. And they yeah. did a good job because um, <laughs> I was lucky enough to have a dad that was cool enough that every month when the pay-per-view was on, I got to have Monday off school. And we'd sit there and we watch like, yeah, all the, the WCW and, and I, I loved every second of it, man. Like the big, the big egos and the big, um, like the lights and the, the characters and the just people. And I, I legit, I bought every second of it. I thought guys were beating the shit out of each other. And when people, <laughs> yeah. I remember people saying to me, it's like, oh, you know, they use razor blades to bleed and it's all fake. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. It's real. Like it's real blood, man. How, who would cut themselves with a razor blade? That's fucking stupid. Like, um, and, and just like the WCW um, Nitro uh, was what got me hooked. Um, and it's funny to learn later down the track that, um, that, that, when I got hooked on wrestling was what a lot of people were like, well, that wasn't WCW's best years. Yeah. Like that was the down, like to find out that people like, Oh, that was the downfall of, of WCW. That was when I fell in love. <laughs> yeah. Like Vince Russo doing crazy shit. And like, um, like I remember watching, uh, 
like one of the real surreal moments of wrestling was watching uh, Jeff Jarrett versus Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. And where Jeff Jarrett laid down, and I was losing my mind. I'm like, what is going on? And then Booker <laughs> T comes out, and he's, you know, like, don't hate the player, hate the game. And, and you know, <laughs> he beats Jeff Jarrett. And, like, I just remember, like, and a lot of people years later would, like, sh- like shit all over that, like, 100%. But, man, it, it, it enthralled me. And, like, what was I probably, I don't know, 15, 16, uh, and it was, it was just like, yeah, it was, it just had me, man. Like they couldn't do nothing wrong, like yeah. on wrestling at all. Um, mm. like I loved Tank Abbott being with three count, like coming out, <laughs> being their yeah. biggest fan. Um, the, uh, what was the, <laughs> the, the good old boys, like, uh, and their rap is crap and they made the whole song and... Oh, the West the, Texas Rednecks. West Texas Rednecks, yes, <laughs> yes. And, um, and then, like, the Filthy Animals, like, Conan, Rey Mysterio, Billy Kidman. Um, hell, even the Misfits in action. Like, looking back, my God, that was, that was something else. Like, not good. But at the time, major guns, like... Oh, bro. Huge, ridiculous started. fake boobs and, like... Yeah. Like you couldn't live a normal life with something that size attached to your front. You know what I mean? Like that poor woman. Um, but yeah, like it just, that, that was the early days of like what really like grabbed me in wrestling. Um, and um, yeah. And then like, obviously Stone Cold Steve Austin, man, like anything that dude did, like when, when I finally could watch um, the WF cause they, they came on, when was that? It was a little bit later. I think you got it on Fox 8. But um, they did have it on Fox Sports for a while there too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, also watching those late night, you know, 30 minutes of heat, like, um, and the clips. And then it started to, you could get them at video stores. Like they would release the pay-per-views at the video stores. And I yeah. started watching them. And um, yeah, that, that era of like the downfall of WCW <laughs> was what got me uh, into wrestling. <laughs> I know a lot of people like to shit on 2000 WCW, but, uh, you know, I put that up against anything going today and I, I think it's more entertaining for me. Yeah. Some, so, something I wanted to point out about that time period as well was I mentioned, I'm assuming you're mentioning Bash the Beach 2000. Um, was, I was listening to a Vince Russo podcast and he was interviewing, um, God, I can't remember who he was interviewing. And I was listening to him and he was saying that the thing is uh, – over 20 years, people can't even remember what happened on Raw two weeks ago. But 20 years later, people are still talking about what happened at Fashion Beach 2000. Yeah. And yes. Was that Vampiro and Sting? Uh, that I don't know. Did that happen that same night? That was, that was the night with the Jarrett laying down for Hogan. Oh, um, that one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But um, like to, to people watching that, if you thought, is it real? Is, is this, yes. you know, is that a shoot? So. Yeah. Shit like that, you know. I don't know why people shit on it so much because hey, Booker T got to win the belt, and that's yeah, that's and deserved thing. it. Long time coming, definitely. Yeah. Um, so you're growing up, you're a wrestling fan. You just watch it with your dad. Do you have a lot of mates too that are into it? Is wrestling cool in school? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um, no. I I had there was like I would find a few people, but I wasn't like shouting it from the rooftops you know what i mean like i would never pretend like if it came up um i would never pretend that i didn't like it but it would never be something i would introduce like hey man i like wrestling do you like wrestling too because it never <laughs> went well 
Yeah. No. Um, like I had one one friend um, who I don't see anymore. He was a friend at the time. He was the kind of guy who would get tapes and watch them. He'd make custom wrestling figures. Like he was like really hard into it. Um, and then like I had another friend who sort of would watch wrestling with me occasionally because we were friends. Like he didn't really care, but we would hang and he'd be like, oh yeah, this is cool. Like, um, but yeah, no, it definitely like yeah no no friends like my younger brother we would get into it a little but again i think it was more that he just wanted to hang out with me and to watch wrestling you know would be cool as well but um yeah mainly the big thing was yeah good good memories with my dad so yeah yeah that's cool man um i know everyone you know that is a wrestling fan growing up there's always a stage where they do it at some stage of their life before they try to do anything professionally. Did you ever yeah. suplex a mate into a family pool or anything like that? What was the first <laughs> time you ever did anything like that? <laughs> oh, me, me and my younger brother used to beat this shit out of each other. Like, <laughs> and like, we'd go into the room and like, we'd drag a mattress from his room, chuck it on the floor in my room. And we'd fucking, you know, we couldn't do anything like overweight kids, man. Like not crazy <laughs> overweight, but just not, not fit kids. And we'd like, just throw each other down and like drop an elbow here and there. Um, I remember like we went to the front of our house one time and we're mucking around because there's a bit of a grassed area and just not thinking I went to give him a bulldog and he was like, fuck no. And like pushed me <laughs> as I went and I just like ass bumped on the grass and I was like, oh, that was a bad idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but um, never, that's like mucking around with friends. I did a lot of that, but um I never like, no, like my, probably with my younger brother. That's probably about it. Like I never got together, which I think would have been cool, like with a group of friends to do our own, like, you know, backyard fed. Like yeah. I hear stories of other guys doing backyard feds. And had I had enough friends at that age, hundred <laughs> percent would do it. Like oh, man. no, wouldn't think twice. Oh man. Yeah, I was pretty lucky at like the age of 12. I had just enough friends that were, you know, we kept it a secret from everyone at school. I had yeah. just enough friends to start a little backyard fed on the trampoline and stuff. So, nice. Um, yeah. So, but you know, for other people, like I've got a friend, Kevin, he would have, he said I would have killed to have done that back then, but I just yeah. didn't have any mates that would be interested in it. So it's interesting yeah. how people's uh, journeys in that aspect, you know, can either actually happen or it gets stifled depending on, you know, what wrestling's like and how popular it is at school. Yeah. I like, yeah. I like to think I got pretty lucky with backyarding. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking had a pretty perfect experience. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Over to you, Jack. Uh, yeah. So at what point did you decide this was something you actually wanted to do professionally? Um, I, <laughs> during my younger years, I, I came up with a plan, man. I had it set, right? I fucking, I was maybe 12 years old, uh, maybe 13. I don't know. I can't remember the exact years, but like I got, uh, took some photos of myself, like in some shorts, like flex posing muscles <laughs> with zero muscles. Right. And I had like an old computer and I did up these little, uh, like an outfit thing. And I wrote this like letter, right? I read a letter. I'm like, I'm going to send this to WCW. I'm going to be a little macho. Oh, fuck. All right. Oh, this is, and um, <laughs> I did up like a, a profile dossier and I gave it to my parents. I don't think they ever sent it um, because I, well, I never heard anything back, but I also <laughs> think that they were kind of like, you know what? Like, we're not going to crush it. We're going to, you know, 
do the thing like, oh yeah, we'll send it off for you. Um, but I never got a never got a, a, a mail back. But I'm kind of glad because um, yeah, if I could find that now, I'd be a little bit embarrassed. <laughs> were you just but, sort of like, um, sorry, go on. Oh, were you just running out to the mailbox every day after school and just yeah. uh, looking for it? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, but not again with that whole cool like demeanor of like, yeah, whatever, you know, like don't tell anyone. But you know, secretly inside, I'm like exploding. Like, is it? No, okay, cool. Yeah. No, it's cool. You know, I've died a little, but you know, it's cool. But then I was, um, because in Perth there was there there was no such thing as live wrestling. No, nice. like as you guys know, for yeah. forever. And uh, like later on, there was two. Uh, two different shows, uh, Superstars of Wrestling. Yeah, I went to that. Um, World Wrestling All-Stars. Yeah, yeah. The one of them, there's something dodgy about the tickets. They postponed or whatever, so I missed out on one of them. Um, because, no, there was about three. Superstars of Wrestling, I think, came twice. Yeah, I or think was... the second one got canned at the last second or something like that. Because I think Ultimate yeah. Warrior was supposed to be on that tour. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the one I went, I saw the one with one had like, uh, Nathan Jones versus, um, uh, Brian Lawler. That must've been WWA. Yes. And then the other one was Scott Steiner. I remember being in the crowd and, and I'm a huge, huge Scott Steiner mark. Oh, <laughs> me too, bro. And that was like epic to see Scott Steiner there. Um, but I actually know that the standout match of that night was actually uh, Norman Smiley versus Crowbar because they fought all around the building and went through a table like a few steps away from me, right? Oh, um, and and Disco Inferno, I, my first chant I ever started in wrestling was a Disco Sucks chant. <laughs> uh, and I, you have no idea how proud I was of myself at that moment. Like it was like a defining moment of my life for a 16-year-old boy. So, um, but... All that said, there was these guys in the crowd of one of the shows. I can't remember exactly which one. And the shirt said ECW, but not ECW, like extreme championship wrestling. This was explosive coastal wrestling. And they're doing, there's a group of guys and they're all doing these chants. They've all these same shirts. And I was like, hey, that's really cool. And they had a website at the bottom and it was ecwperth.com. And I was like, fuck yeah. 16 years old, I'm on the computer. I'm like, what can I find out? There is, is that, is that wrestling here? Like, what can I, can I be a part of this? Uh, and I was on the, their forums for about a year as this little 16 year old kid thinking I knew everything about wrestling. And I would have been so annoying. Like the guys <laughs> moderating it would have been like, holy shit. And this guy just like go away. Um, and then I found, cause I could never get there. Um, didn't have a license and stuff like, but a friend of mine, was dating someone who was related to Richter or something like that. Like a friend yeah. of a friend of a friend and like, Oh yeah, come watch his wrestling show. And it was reawakening three. Ooh. I think in O2 at the Margaret Kaufman pavilion. And I went there, I'm standing in line. There's those people and there's anticipation and builds up. I went in and um, I'm watching the show. And I'm having a great fucking time, man. Like this is, live wrestling it's a tiny little shed and i'm sitting there i'm going nuts like getting in all the chants and stuff and then half time they're like oh uh if anyone wants to sign up to 
uh, trained to become a professional wrestler, please go to the canteen and see him. I was there and signed up for it that second. I didn't know how I was going to get there. I didn't know where it was. But I was like, I have to do this, right? Yeah. Um, and then in my mind, I'm like, this is going to be so sick. I'm going to rock up. I'm going to powerbomb some people. I'm like, <laughs> thunders and rock bottoms. And I'm going to be the champion. This is going to be great. And I was very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So sort of to answer your question, I think I decided like when I was about 10, 11, 12, around that area. But then it wasn't like, it was never like, oh, that said, I'm going to go fly to America and learn no. or fly to Mexico or Japan or it was it was just when it came up uh, explosive coastal wrestling um, that I could train I was like that's it I'm doing it yeah so talk to me about your first day at the uh, at the dynamite factory was there any early struggles you may have had in training or was it like take taking it to like a doctor water <laughs> there was <laughs> um, yeah I was not good so what they used to do is they would have a two day training camp. And yeah. if you got through that, then they'd be like, they would invite you to actually train. Yeah. Um, and I, I used to like, I want to say I was not fit. Like I, I used to ride my bike today to school every day, but I wasn't a sports person. Like I'm definitely more of a, have always been more into the theater or TV or yeah. um, it was a lot of like high school plays and primary school plays and, uh, Rocker Steadfords and stuff. Um, and um, so like, I wasn't the most unfit person there, but I was far from fit. Yeah. So rocking up and like just running was death. Mm. Like I was not um, definitely not the front of the pack, but I wasn't also the last in the pack. Um, and then learning about bumping, um, man, I, oh, hit my head so many times like yeah. just back bumps and not just not keeping your head down. And then um, I remember doing all this, this cardio and then rolls and bumps. And then, um, then there was just an exercise where they were like, Oh, you just have to jump up and bring your knees to your chest and then land. Right. They called it knees to chest. So, all right. And I was doing okay. Like I was like, you know what, this is, this sucks. Every second of it sucked. But I was like, I'm, I'm going to be a wrestler. Like I've got to be able to do yeah. this. And they're doing these knees to chest. And I think I got three in, I was straight out the door vomiting. Just throwing my guts up. And then the rest of the day, like I could come back in and out. And then I remember just, there was one point, um, I got through the first day, right? Um, And then I woke up in the morning on the Sunday, uh, ready to to go, like woke up in the morning, I'm like, this is it, second day, that sucks, but I'm halfway through. And I went to get out of my bed and my legs wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Oh, like like if you've ever done like gone to the gym and done like a leg day yeah and like you just you your legs are not doing anything that you can commanding them to i was just like what have i signed up for like this is this is <laughs> dead i mean and anyone who's halfway fit could probably have done all this but yeah 17 years old like i just had no idea what i was getting myself into and then the second day um, I don't know what it was. I mean, I think I, I hit my head and I remember just laying on this couch for half, half of the day in like a daze. Yeah. Um, but then sort of coming back and being part of it. And then I think, cause at the end of it, they did this thing where they were, um, uh, doing like, they wanted you to cut a promo basically. 
Um, And I think this was my saving grace because doing the theater and stuff like that was, that was not something I was worried about. And to be honest, if you looked back at it now, it probably wasn't great, but a lot of the other guys, they'd be like, all right, now you're having a match against, because at the time they were like, oh, um, you're about to have a match against Psycho Fit. Um, and so I want you to cut a 30 second promo. And I put on this, this hokey Italian accent, like it was bad. Um, but <laughs> I, I ran through this, like a Psycho Fit, uh, you're a very big man. I'm ready to fight you. Like, but I, I, I kept going, like I ran with it. Like I just, and like it, like it just flowed off my tongue and, and like the, from, I assume literally from the lack of response they got from everyone else, like the guys were just sort of sitting back looking at me like, like, holy <laughs> shit, like he's, he's, he can talk like, yeah. um, and so I think that's what got them. Cause if it just went on my physical ability, I do not think that asked me back. Yeah. Um, but just that, that confidence and, and having that little bit of like, I won't say acting background, like I'm a fucking pro actor, but that, that stage performance background. Yeah, um, that would have helped. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so they offered me a spot to go train. And then for the following nine months, I would show up and like, I'm going to say they beat the crap out of me, but it wasn't like um, they were trying to hurt me. Like, it wasn't like no. they're like, we're going to beat this kid up and he's never coming back. But the physicality that is required in wrestling, um, they introduced me to it. And I was beaten up, you know what I mean? Bumping, running the ropes. And the ropes at the time as well were actual rope, not rope with tape, not cables with things. It was rope. And the rope burns you would get and the mat burns and, um, yeah, chipped a few teeth here and there and um, just swollen elbows. And, yeah, it's that was that was my experience just physical pain for a, a long time was there a moment uh during the, those nine months of training where you felt that you'd uh you turned a corner and that you were starting to really get this and you were getting fitter was there a moment that you were like okay like this has been hard but now i'm now i'm starting to get there yes yes and no like it wasn't prevalent it wasn't like smacking me in the face like hey man you've got it now it was a slow gradual and the problem was i had come in at a time when there wasn't it wasn't like there was anyone else in my group yep. that continued to train there was guys who were um who had trained before me and who had just been starting to get on shows like uh shane uh, shane haste uh bobby marshall Kyle Steria, um, uh, Chris, well, Chris Weiss debuted a little bit before me, but then like AZ Vergara, these guys were already in the system. So they had pushed through that and they had like a group to like um, compete against, if that makes sense. Whereas I came in behind the eight ball Ah. and was constantly trying to catch up to these guys who were already three, six, nine months, a year ahead of me, as far as learning and physical ability, um, even like two years and then the guys who'd been doing it. And at the same time as well, the guys who run the place had only been doing it for about two years. Yeah. So while so you might say the milestone wasn't super high in like a, um, 
in respect of guys, you know, I'm not in there with guys who've been doing it for 20 years. You know what I mean? I mean, they were guys who've been doing it for two years, but to me, they might as well have been doing it for 20 years. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the, the flag post of like achievement just kept just a little bit further, just a little bit further. So I'd, I'd be doing okay, but there was never like, yep, this is it. I'm good. Like I'm ready for it. But the thing for me was I understood quite quickly that, um, if I can be good at looking tough and being able to take a beating, they'd be able to use me. Yeah. Um, and, and then like, uh, uh, I understood the basic structure of a match early. So I was able to make sense of a lot of things. Uh, but I couldn't perform at a level of like, cause these guys were doing like six thirties, five forties, bloody moonsault shooting style presses, um, head scissors. I wasn't like giving the head scissors and the hurricane runners. I was the guy taking them. Yeah. So I was good in that sense that all these guys could do this cool stuff, but I would base for them. So I was there and I could not so much make them look good, but help them like work together to make a good match. And I could make, not make them look shit. Yeah. Which is, you know what I mean? Which is very important. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, and that's where I found my niche and I kept plugging away and plugging away um, in that respect. So while there was moments when I was like, I did achieve, it, was, it wasn't for a long time before I was like, I, you know, I, I, I get this. Like, I fully get this and I, I know what to do. Yeah. Right. Um, I want to know, like, who the first guys were that you kind of got along with uh, when you joined uh, the training and um, how, how easy it was for you to start fitting in, even if you were maybe a bit younger than everyone else. Yeah, uh, it's a funny thing, though. I was very similar age. It's just they started a little bit before me. Like some guys would like ride in on like buses and trains and stuff or get a lift in. But I had to wait until I got my license, which was 17. And that's when I went in. But um, the first person I immediately was friends with um, was um, Jose Del Santo or Adrian Priest. Yeah. Yeah. We became very good friends very quickly. Um, And again, I think a little on the outs like the outside, not in with the main crew of everyone. I mean, everyone was still pretty cool. Uh, but guys like uh, Kyle Steria, we used to ride together all the time to and from training. He lived quite close to my house, um, but far enough away that we never met until we went there. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I quite easily got along with a lot of people, but still being on that lower echelon, I wasn't what I would call good friends with a lot of people like Chris Vice as well. We got along really well mm-hmm. from the start again, because we were down in that, you know, like they started like uh, Jose and Chris started a little bit before me. Um, but it was sort of that tail end. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> trying to think other guys, uh, I, Johnny, uh, uh, Jonathan Windsor, Johnny Wimbledon, um, AZ Vergara, uh, all guys that I, I got along with pretty well. Um, I had a very deep love hate relationship with uh, uh, Jamie Jura uh, because for a while he trained me because of just the, the times I could get in there. Like we got on well and he did so much for me, but man, he would, if anyone was a brutal trainer, it was, it was, it was Jamie. 
So we, you know, that, that sort of like frenemy, like <laughs> good <Yeah>. friends, <laughs> but also a bit of hate there because he would beat the shit out of me. Um, but I guess we still got along. Um, but then at the same time, as I started to work with guys like Bobby Marshall and Shane Haste, um, uh, cause they, again, in their earlier times, I would be the guy who would bump and flip for them, not flip, but like bump and take moves and, um, and stuff for those guys. Um, and I'm trying to rapidly think who else was around. Um, Dan Moore, the, uh, he was a referee when he first started. Um, yeah. And it's my fault that he became a wrestler, like storyline-wise. I punched him in the face at the end of the match and then we had to fight. So, um, But um, yeah, that was, that was kind of my crew, so to speak. Oh. Um, it was a few guys who came and went over time, but they were the main, the main guys who were still around and known of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a big moment here for you. It's your first match. It's uh, EPW house show number 11 on the 26th of February, 2005. Oh, the one and only FN carnage, AKA Tyler Jacobs. How yeah. nervous were you for this and how did it go? Holy shit. Um, <laughs> so I didn't have gear. Like I just, I had a pair of like, you know, like running, you can buy running tights. Yeah. I bought running shorts just black. Um, I had them and then Jamie Jura actually let me just a singlet he had. And it was quite big on him, but it was very fitting for myself. Uh, but I came out uh, in like a suit, but not like a tarot one. So it was kind of awkward because I had to fucking half get out of it. Right. <laughs> and I got these, I got these boots made um, by just are in my area. This like a boot maker. And I'm like, Hey, I need, um, I need, uh, wrestling boots he's like wrestling like this old world he's like wrestling boots what do you need really and i'm like no no like he's like i'm like you know they need but i want him to have like a soft sole like a running it's like ah, i know what you want it's like a boxing board i got it for you i get it for you and he had these <laughs> soles and like hard to comp like get through but they were like proper leather and those boots lasted me like 11 years but like oh. so i had them they were the, probably the best wow. oh no shit sorry tell a lie i didn't have them yet i had Dan Gables. Dan Gables were the first boots I wore. Um, but what I did was I had these um, this fake-ass cheap wannabe Rolex. It was like not a Rolex, but it said Rolex. Oh, it's yeah. like, you know that fake gold stuff you get in Bali? I sure they make it out of $2 coins. I had that chain. I had this like fake gold neck chain. And I was like the sunglasses trying to be like this baller thing, right? And I'm like, I'm fucking ready. I'm, I'm going to do this. And then we get out there and I've got to take all this stuff off to give to the referees. I can't wrestle in it. And my hands, as I'm oh, taking man. off the watch and the chain, I'm like, here, man. Um, and Fuck. the best the best thing was Carney, uh, yeah, sorry, FN Carnage. Um, he was a professional. He like, he took care of me, gave me a small little, little hope in there. Um, and... Um, it, it went well, as well as your first match can go. I don't remember any specific botches. I just remember coming back and going, I didn't fuck that up. Like, no. that was cool. Um, so, yeah, and, like, you just spun me out knowing that that was my very first match. So that's, that's really cool, man. <laughs> no worries, bro. <laughs> it's, it's all a part of my research. I've got to do the that's right it. thing here. And yeah. uh, what a great first opponent for you to have, man. Um, uh, at, at the time, that guy was the, the best there fucking was in Perth wrestling. 
Like he was amazing. Like he still he still got something now, but like at that time, hard to hard to hard to beat. Yeah, um, and it just keeps rolling along here because on uh, about about fifteen days later or fourteen days later, you uh, work a match on March twelfth at playing for keeps, and you get a win over Chris Vice. Uh, so this is your first main show match, I, I assume. Yes. And were you always the Don from the outset as well? Yes. Well, um, actually, uh, we did these uh, little non-descript house shows. They were just like, it was called a trainee show, right? And for a long time, because you just get thrown a nickname, right? And because of my dark features, um, they just caught, they figured I was Mexican and I was Joel Del Santo because um, Jose Del Santo, they immediately called him Jose. He's part Italian but they were like, you're Mexican. And then we were the SATs. Um, just because that's how it worked. You just would get a nickname. You wouldn't, you couldn't call for a nickname. Um, but so my first, I did a couple of things as like, I bought these masks. Um, one, um, uh, I was on holiday in um, LA with my dad and there were some Mexican wrestling masks. I was like, yeah, I'll grab two. Um, and we'd come out and we were the, the, the SATs, the Del Santo brothers, but it wasn't like a, an on-show thing. It was more like practice matches, but right, they would okay. set up. So that wasn't, I wasn't the Don from the outset, like truly, but I was as far as actual shows go, because obviously I cut that amazing promo. Um, <laughs> the trending day, they're like, no, you're the Don. Um, but uh, I quickly lost the fake accent because I'm like, I just couldn't do it well. Um, but yeah, so back to uh, Chris Vice and that match. That was the first like two young guys who weren't experienced. You know what I mean? Um, and we and we did kind of well, except I thought I was I had this. I thought I'd invented a move. It was like a pump handle into a power bomb. And I'd hit it a couple of times okay and figured I could do it on a show. And then when it came to it, um, I couldn't perform it so well. I think I hit it well that night. Um, but um, yeah, we had fun. That was long hair, uh, very, very bright pants, very skinny Chris Vice. Yeah, Jack, <laughs> you, you, you had been blown away if you ever see any footage of early Chris Vice. Different person. Like, <laughs> I think I should uh, get the Vimeo. The uh, VPW and go back and watch some of these old matches. When I showed but, uh, Ryan and I said, Ryan, that's Chris Vice, he was like, No, nah, no, it's not. I'm like, It is. It is. Yeah. How <laughs> much did he weigh around his debut, if anyone knows? Uh, he would have been in like the 80s, 80 kilos. Oh, right, there go my dreams. Like, that was like the heavy, like, um, yeah, that was probably the heaviest he was at that time. Mm -hmm. um, probably, I'd say around like, the high 70s, 80 kilos. But I, um, I was in the sort of the low 90s in my early debut 90 kilos so i was a bit bigger i was much, I, at the time i was bigger than chris vice not so sure you could say that nowadays because he's an animal like yeah, right yeah. now only in japan machine. yeah oh, matching machine yeah <laughs> I, I, I even saw that he's wrestled misato tanaka a bunch of times and i when i saw that i was just like holy shit that's yes. fucking massive man it's massive yeah. And he's uh, done those um, bare knuckle fights. I mean, it's oh, not the Chris Vice show, man. but he did yeah. bare knuckle boxing fights, two of them, and, and he won, won them both. <laughs> Fucking crazy, man. Yeah. yeah. Bare knuckle fights team, against man. Japanese people as well, dude. That's yeah. some hardcore shit. He's killing <laughs> it. Yeah. Like, take take the <coughs> knuckles. Like, 
And what, what, just one of the toughest sons of bitches I know. And always kind of was like that, but um, just had, didn't, hadn't, hadn't built his body yet. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Over to you, Jack. Yeah, uh, just under five months after your debut, you work a match with Jag at Hella Highwater in 2005. Uh, what was it like working that match with Jag? <laughs> it was, um, that was probably a bit of an eye-opener for me. Um, it went from like, cause you got, you get together with the guys that you see all the time and you can plan stuff and you can go, Hey, let's do this. that we've been doing a training or do this. And this was kind of the first time that, um, this guy showed up on the day. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and you've got to plan it then and didn't my first introduction in just not really planning much. Yeah. Um, and I remember there's this one point in the match. Uh, obviously nervous because at the time he was the extreme high flyer jag. Yeah. Uh, wasn't as like thick as he is nowadays. Um, and But still the mind, you know, he was much more the professional than I was. Um, but um, we did something and he spun around for a waist lock, picked me up, threw me on the ground and proceeded to just like in the side of my head, just forearm the shit out of me. And it was like, oh, oh wow. Like, I want to say safely, like, because it wasn't damaging, but it was hard enough to be like, oh shit, like, yeah, don't fuck around. <laughs> like, um, and then I got to hit him with a spine buster, which to be honest, I thought the whole thing was going to be a squash. Um, but yeah, hit him with a spine buster. We did a couple of things and then it was, you know, I was there to, to, to put him over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just needed a guy to walk over so he could do a promo because he was probably going to fight Dave in a 60 minute Ironman match soon. You know, like that was... Yeah my job then but it was again that ability to know my strengths and know and understand the basics of a match to be able to do enough to not look out of place um but obviously not like the superstar i thought i was going to be when i first started training you know like yeah, before course. i started yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um whose idea was it to form the european the european union uh team or faction Oh, that's, um, oh, I should know this. Like, this should be like, I should be able to go, oh yeah, that's the, um, <laughs> I feel like it was like, uh, we've got this little English guy and this big guy who looks Italian and pretends to be Italian. Um, yeah, let's just throw them together because we've got nothing for them. Like, yeah, you guys can yeah. be a team. We need, we need someone for, uh, GST to beat up, um, that's not uh, awesome ink. Um, so I can't tell you exactly. If you asked Johnny Wimbledon, he would probably remember, but can't remember exactly how it came about. But I remember being keen for it because I'm like, hey, now I've got something. Now I'm yeah. doing something. Um, and it was like a sidestep of, because obviously my idea for the Don was like, I'm a mafia boss. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's, that's what it means. But in hindsight now, it's like, you can't, you don't start anything as a mafia boss. That's yeah, not how it is. You start off as a Guido and you're, you know, <laughs> you're, you're just a punk who thinks he's tough and, and you work your way up to being a mafia boss. Could I have my time again? That's what I wouldn't have been the Don. I would have been, you know, little Mickey Morleone, you know, like, yeah. um, uh, yeah, that would have been cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Coming out 
track suits and 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 you know waving an Italian flag and like hey oh you know but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, it went the way it went but it, it helped to me to like sort of sidestep into something that was not exactly that so I could still do something different and uh, Johnny was great mouthpiece like I don't feel like I specifically needed one, but he was great. He had the English accent and people hated him and he was so little and he was so pale. And um, it just, it, I was just the enforcer. And I yeah. loved that role being the enforcer. Like he would stir things up and then I'd have to go in and, and, and sort it out. But I couldn't because the other guys were either quicker or smarter or bigger. And um, uh, it, it, and the, the, the outfits as well, like the, the the big boiled lolly look with the Italian flag and um, it it was fun um, because you, I could I was at a stage where it was easy to take the piss out of yourself yeah um, and and you never wanted to but you sort of like yeah this is where I'm at you know like and you do all the spots that people could laugh at you like you, I think I'm so tough but you know it, it's quickly shown that I'm not yeah. um, and, 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 and Johnny was the weasel, you know, he would talk a lot of smack and then jump behind me and then I'd be left to deal with it. But, um, there were some good fun matches that, that we had with like Chris Fias, AZ Vigara, Carl Steria, Shane Hayes, uh, Bobby Marshall, uh, CJL, Chris J. Lazarus, um, uh, the GST, the Awesome Inc. Um, and then the Young Guns, I think they were kind of, they didn't have a team, Chris Vice and AZ, but they were kind of a tag team. Um, but that was all like the young guys and like, ah, oh, let's give them this tag thing. Like we're doing all the serious stuff, like the guys on top, which is fair, you know, yeah. they had the main title and all that, the tag titles and stuff. And then have these young guys go and fight it out and do some fun stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, European union was in, in its infancy. Uh, we were the guys that everyone could pay out on. Yeah. But it was great fun. Of course. <laughs> I can imagine being in a faction or a stable uh, would always be great fun. You always, you know, you're always working with the same people uh, alongside the same people, and uh, they'd be all putting work uh, working alongside them. So you'd be able to come up with some uh, a lot of fun things uh, when you're working with the same people over and over and over. Like when I'm, when you know when you're tag teaming with them or they're managing you, you'd be able to come up with so many awesome ideas. Because especially because you're becoming closer and closer personally with all of them. Yes. Uh, become one of those things where it's like you guys can come up with some awesome ideas and uh, probably more better ideas than what you could normally come up with. Uh, but of course, after so long in the tag division, uh, you spend late uh, 2005 to uh, early 2008 and you finally win the belts at Gold Rush 2008. So how'd that feel after uh, it's been this long? And are you still looking to do something uh, a little bit more fresh? Because uh, it has been about three, three and a half years in the tag division. Yeah, so... Um the the best thing about it was I was the big guy that all the little guys could jump on. Yeah. Um, but then moving away from that, it was um, with Marcus Pitt joining the team and he was already like a guy who was in shape yeah. and um, it was impressed upon me very heavily that if I could get my body looking more like his, they'd put the tag titles on us. And I tried, man. I yeah. tried. Uh, it didn't, it worked okay, but didn't work as well as I wanted it to. Um, but we eventually, yeah, then won the tag team championships. Uh, that was moved on to working with um, Dan Moore and Chase Griffin was yeah. what we did a lot more of then. Uh, two guys who were very good in their own right, bit of a, an odd coupling. Um, 
uh, but it was, it was different in the sense of the dynamic change to, um, I became almost a little bit more serious. And then Marcus Pitt, the golden Greek, he was having his time as yeah. the guy showing his ass, you know, like, uh, getting made fun of. And then, uh, Johnny Wilmot and still being the, 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 the mouthpiece who would, who would smart off and then we'd have to sort of sort it out. But having that two larger dudes sort of thing, it did make it easier to become a bit more serious, um, in that respect. Um, but the, the change was, I did, I did work hard and get my body to a better place. Cause it sort of went, as soon as I finished training, um, I became a bit complacent, <laughs> um, and wasn't at training as much. And I sort of not let myself go, but wasn't in as good a shape and then worked our way that way. And then having that sort of peer who was working harder, it sort of pushed me to work a little bit harder. Um, but, um, working alongside Marcus Pitt as well, it was really great. He was the guy that was always pushing, pushing harder and pushing further. Um, I kind of fell into this gap of, like I was saying before of doing what I needed to, to stay, um, a part of it, but sort of not going above and beyond, if that right. makes sense. Uh, I was like, it's like, I knew my spot and I was happy to be there. Uh, as long as I did what I needed to do to maintain that. And he was a guy who was pushing, 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 and he sort of brought me up if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there was quite a few times like where we play matches and he would be, Oh, we'll do this spot and we'll do that spot. And you know, I've got this cool thing that I can do here. And, and not every time did it hit, but when it did, it, it got over really well. Um, but I was consistently like, you know, I'm just going to do this. You know, I know this works and I know yeah. this is definitely something I can definitely do. And I didn't, I didn't push the envelope. Um, so it was a good mixture in that sense between the two of us, because that pushing on his side definitely brought us up, but my stability kept it so that it wasn't like we fail, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but in doing that, I stayed where I was. And if you could compare like the journeys, he went quickly up yeah. and I made, I sort of stayed in that sort of, I don't want to say mediocre because <laughs> I feel like that's a bit hurtful to myself. Maybe, uh, maybe the correct way of saying it's like utility player. Yeah, I was definitely a utility player. Like yeah. 100%. Like, I, yeah. I served my purpose. I did what was needed. I was there for people to dive onto when they're doing their big dives and I'd catch them well. Um, but I was not the guy doing the spectacular dives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at some point, look, this is during a period of time where I don't go out to see EPW as much. So, I, I wasn't, re I'm not really up to speed on what happened during, um, I guess the, uh, the uh, late two thousands stuff, but I know at some point the European union did end and then you joined a faction known as team all star, yeah. um, which I did see a little bit of here and there, but I'd only be able to get to maybe one or two shows a year, unfortunately. But I mean, did you want you to tell me a little bit about team all star and that run that you guys had and, and you know what the idea was behind that group. So Team All-Star was already a thing. Right. I remember being at a show at the Venville Rec Center and Big Vin and Brad West came out and Big Vin did a concert um, of a song called I'm Gangster. And I saw him doing it and I was like, I, I need to do this. I have to 
be a part of what is happening in the ring right now. He's out there. He's doing a, he's doing a live music. Like it's not live music because it was like a, a pre-produced track, but he was actually out there rapping like in front of a crowd. And I was like, holy shit, I, I have to be a part of this. Um, and, and obviously Marcus Pitt was at a point where he needed to move on. He was going to basically go on and be a five-time EPW champion. Um, and, uh, Johnny Wimbledon, he was going to go like with Marcus Pitt for a while before they would split. I split from the union because, um, I sort of had like a semi face turn. Okay. Where, um, uh, Johnny Wimbledon was going to hit someone with a shoe and I was like, no, you're not doing that. And then he told me off and I popped him with the shoe and I popped Marcus Pitt with the shoe and they lost the match. Uh, And then we had a, a blow-off match, which is real funny because we planned this match out like we were we were actually good friends. Like no, because I never hit I never hit Marcus Pitt. I hit Johnny Wimbledon, but the distraction caused a loss for him. Right. Um. And then we had it set out it's like, hey, we're good friends, but he's Johnny Wimbledon's his boss. I'm trying to be like, hey, man, this is not cool. Like, I've decided that being a bad guy is not a good thing, and um. Uh, so we'd plan this whole thing out where like we start off a bit slow and then he would get aggressive because Johnny was telling him to be aggressive. And then I would be sort of like not pleading with him, but like, come on, man, I don't want to fight you. And then we ended up having this match. Right. Um, and then not knowing what they had planned for the buildup, um, they put like a little, like not a hype package, but they were building it up as this thing. And then everyone was really disappointed when we came back. So, oh, we thought you guys were going to tear each other apart. We thought it was going to be, big brawl like when you're punching on with each other and it's gonna be good and they were real disappointed i'm like oh i didn't think that was the storyline at all like oh shit. shit so it's not that we had a bad match it's just the anticipation was for a brutal like you know fist fight blood everywhere and all that sort of stuff um so that i was fine with the match but it's just uh, the response we got it wasn't as good as i thought so then we um after watching that Team All-Star thing, I just kept passing. I was like, I want to be in Team All-Star. I want to be in Team All-Star. So I had like maybe one match where um, I came out as a face and I was going to tag with um, Jose Del Santo, uh, which as a good friend, like was kind of cool. But before we even had the match, I turned on him. Uh, But they'd been building up like they were going to get him to join Team All-Star. Yeah. Brad West was on him like, hey, man, you should join the crew. You know, we, we do good things for you. And he was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm cool. And then it was going to be uh, Jose Del Santo and myself against Team All-Star, whoever that happened to be, Sebastian Sander and could have been either Brad West or um, Big Vin. Right before the match starts, I jump in, start laying him out. Uh, and uh, they come out and they, they give me a jersey they put me in team. I put the jacket on and, and I'm the coolest guy in the world. Um, and that was the start of my time in team all-star. Um, and it was one of the funnest, like at that time, like I enjoyed the European union, but I, I felt more comfortable in team all-star uh, because as much as I wanted to be the Don and um, this, you know, like in the European Union, I'm like a foreigner in Australia. Um, this was more like, cause I've always been about hip hop music. I've always loved hip hop music and 
um, the basketball gear and stuff. So I felt more comfortable in it. So I was definitely all led by Brad West, but I had a lot of input on my own um, big Vin. Uh, it was, it was sort of put around Sebastian Sander was like the dude. And I became again, another support player. Yeah. But it just, it felt, I did feel really comfortable there. Um, and then team all-star was just so much fun. We made uh, a music track, uh, call the cops. We got to perform that uh, on a show. I was out there rapping in all my G gear and like, uh, <laughs> and just me and big Vin and he had this big Afro, like a white dude Afro, which was like ridiculous. And if it wasn't an Afro, it was cornrows. And I had my do-rag on and I had a little bit of tape on <laughs> my eye which was a tribute to Nelly, who was doing a tribute to Left Eye. Um, and it's so funny, like, um, we had this hand signal that we would do. Um, and it all started because um, they went to take a photo of Big Vin and he went to throw up like a, a West Side, like that. But for whatever reason, I don't know what happened, he did that. <laughs> that became our, like, West Side, like, okay. West Coast, like, Team All-Star. Um, that was a thing. I always come out, like, that was my sign. And uh, we came out to um, the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls, when they come out. Oh, that's right, like, of course. You know, like, um, so that was at a – we could see they call out our numbers. We had um, William Darcy, <laughs> who was um, uh, the ring announcer for a while. And uh, he would – not the ring out, so like strictly for team also would call them out like, you know, okay. let's hear it for your hometown heroes. And then like, <laughs> um, you know, powerhouse and power forward. Like we were a basketball team, but we were wrestlers. Um, and um, yeah, that, that was yeah so much fun. And then we ended up with um, Alex Kingston in the team and the, my favorite moment, like I got to have a feud with one of my best friends, Jose Del Santo. And that's where I learned that um, uh, you can, we, we set these mat, this match, particular match out because we built this thing up. I turned my back on him and, and he wanted to fight me because instead of, you know, joining him, I joined team all-star. We had this match and like, we decided because we're going to brawl through the crowd. I'm like, let's just actually punch each other. Like yeah. as hard <laughs> as we can. And we fight through the audience and just like, just fuck it. And I had lumps all over my head, like from knuckles. And he had the same thing and bruises. And, and like, we got backstage and people were like, oh, those, those shots you guys threw look kind of weak. Oh, like, fuck oh, it. After all that. <laughs> we fucked each other up. And they're like, oh, that looks kind of weak. That's when I learned that the work punches are the best ones. You know, like yeah, you yeah. pull it right back. You make it as big and ridiculous as you can. And it looks much more vicious than actually just yeah. punching on. Um, so we had that feud and then he ended up joining um, the Blackest Hour. Right, yeah. Which was like the ultimate bad guy goth team. They had the cool jackets and, and all, all black and a little bit of face paint, but not really like... Um, and the whole crux of that was um, they took... Jose Del Santo under his, under his wing. And then um, there was vengeance for, for, I don't know, the team all-star fucking basically destroying Jose Del Santo. And um, it came to a head um, 
in uh, the first ever Riot Den match. Oh, right. Shit. So you guys win the first one. Oh, man. Yeah. Fucking hell. I've been in all of them. Really? Okay. Because I'm, I'm going to ask about one of them later on, but please That's talk cool. about the Riot Den, bro. That's... It's some cutting-edge shit as far as I'm concerned. Oh, man. So cool. Um, I can't take any credit for the idea of it um, because that was um, uh, Rick Sanders. Um, I believe him, Brad West, uh, possibly even... Um, uh, Devlin Reeves as well because yeah. he was in the Blackest Hour. Uh, those guys sort of were the the masterminds behind all the feuds and all that. Um, most of my stuff was just sort of what I did. They give me direction and I'd be like, all right, cool. I'm going to do some of this shit. Um, but that, um, that team, when we eventually turned face only because they hated the blackest hour more than they hated us. Right. Um, that was, that was probably the first massive feud that had a big build. And, um, and again, that was a lot down to Brad Weston and, and, and uh, Rick Sanders. Um, the, 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 the promos, the, the vignettes, the, the videos, the in-ring like matches that would build up to uh, the right den. And then just the way the whole right den played out, like one guy every minute, a minute or two minutes, I can't remember at the time. And then it, like the way it came out, like it'd be good guy versus bad guy. And then a bad guy would come out. So it was two on one against the good guy. And then another good guy would come out and they'd have like a bit of that. And then it would stack in the odds against the good guys again. Um, and then um, finally everyone's out there. Uh, five on five. Five on five? Four on four. Brad West, Big Vin, Sebastian Sander, myself. Four on four, sorry. Yeah. Um, and then after it, it's sort of all sort of broken down it's a four on four then the lights go out and then the announcer jumps on the microphone release the weapons and the crowd goes <laughs> yeah. and then we all stop and look around and start scrambling for the weapons and weapons start coming out and thumbtacks and chairs and um yeah i remember taking like i was running to do a su suicide dive was my thing that i've been able to do i've just learned how to do it and i did it in every match um and I ran out and Devin Reeves smashed my face with a chair. So I ate oh. shit on that and fell down. And uh, <laughs> I took uh, a choke slam from the apron through a table on the outside. Um, and just, yeah, it was kendo sticks and just the, the, the hype behind it. 45 minutes, that whole thing went for. And that's hard to hold an audience for that long. Yeah. I know movies that can't hold an audience for that long. They turn off 10 minutes in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but to hold a live crowd for that long, and they were into it. They were making lots of noise, and they were, they were loving it. Um, and then the, the, at the end, to have everyone, you know, lose their shit, um, it was, that was the, the sort of biggest moment at that point of my career. That's awesome, man. Jack, I think we're going to have to take a little trip down memory lane on the uh, EPW Vimeo because there's a lot of shit that I've, I think I have missed out on and something like that I definitely need to see. Yeah, I, yeah. I definitely if need you to can, see If you can, look at the YouTube, like the build-up stuff and yeah. then yep. the actual match. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. 
That's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I only saw the. I've only seen the one uh, Raiden match, and it was fucking sick. And that was the. Was it the most recent one, Carl? It, uh, it was, and I'm going to bring that up later because oh, either me or you will be bringing it up later. But yeah, that I'm sure there's a big story behind that one, which we'll get to. Um, oh, so just quickly as well, before we go into that, I was a broken man going into that first ride. Then I injured my back, oh, and oh uh, man, that was. But you know, the show goes on. But I was. I remember pulling like couple of guys aside and saying hey look if i don't like if i stop moving for whatever reason i've hurt my back all right like so just so you're aware and like the guys being like what the fuck and i'm like that's no, okay like i'm okay but i've had some real bad back problems like <laughs> if i just stop moving um yeah it's probably my back all right so <laughs> <laughs> I know all about back problems, bro. And he just got over uh, having a real bad issue with it for the last two years. Um, oh, it's it's the worst thing. I wouldn't wish it on anyone, um, except maybe Donald Trump. Um, so uh, you, for the most part, I mean, you, you do work a lot of single stuff during a lot of this period, but you do work mainly in tag teams from just what I could see in my research. Um, but after mm. six years, you know, European Union, Team All-Star, factions, tag teams, you're getting sick of it at some point. Are you looking ahead and thinking at some point it will be great once I'm past all this to, to be on my own and, and, and do my own thing? What, what's like kind of your thought process at that point? Um, it... At this point, it's sort of um, like, it's hard to say because me now, I'm like, yeah, no, I was fine. But there's a good chance at the time, I was like, man, like, I should be like, uh, Sebastian Sander was going for the, I mean, he was going for the EPW title. And I kind of felt like, then I started moving towards the hardcore championship. Yeah. And I felt like, all right, this is my niche now. Like, I found what, like, I'm not, I, pretty much, I'm, like, I'm not on that level. I'm not the guy who's going to be fighting Bobby Marshall, David Storm, uh, Sebastian Sander. Um, I think even at the time, who else was around the title scene? I think maybe even Shane Hayes was still in Perth. Um, yeah. And, and around that scene, I was just like, you know what? That's not my... That's not where I'm at. You're not ready yeah. yet. I, this hardcore thing, like, I think I can make a... I think I can do some cool shit with that. Like, I'm... I'm I'm dumb enough to hurt myself and be okay with that. Like, um, I can hurt myself in many ways and, and, and that's cool. Like, um, but, um, yeah. So like, I think from that point after that big, I start moving off from the tag stuff, uh, and the groups, even though we're still in a group, uh, I started sliding over to the hardcore division. Yeah. Man, you must have been excited to go singles and have a bit more of a spotlight on yourself. Because, um, like, when you enter the hardcore division, and I remember a bit of this, I did get to see all of it, but um, a lot of times I was there, I did get to see you do your thing. Um, and I, I would say it's one of, like, your most... I mean, the word famous is weird to say, but <laughs> one, of, one, of, one of, like, your, your best runs that you had during your time in EPW. Um, how did you feel about it? And before we even talk about that Vendetta 2012 ladder match with Bobby Marshall, um, oh, shit. You know, oh, what were some of the, you know, hectic eye-opening moments early on in, in the hardcore division? Um, so with the hardcore stuff, there had been like a level set at this point. Right. Like there was some crazy matches uh, that were, that were going on like, um, 
again, another guy, like the guy who I started off with uh, my first match, FN Carnage, he was high up. He was killing it in the scene. He was having these crazy bleed everywhere matches with Chase Griffin. Oh man, I saw one of those matches where he kicked the uh, guardrail into the side of his head and yeah. Chase was like bleeding like Eddie Guerrero against yeah. oh, it was fucked up, Jack. You gotta check that out too, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't watch it now. But... <laughs> man, it's fucking crazy. You gotta see it. Anyway, keep going, bro. And then like uh I think Bobby Bobby Marshall has it at the moment. Like or he's in that in that mix and he has a what what has been touted as quite a match, like especially for that one spot where they do the suplex from the top onto the ladders, um, Bobby Marshall versus Gavin McGavin. Oh, um, that's fucked. Yeah, it's a crazy match. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the level had been set, like there was like, and and Cracker Jack had been recently over, and he was the guy at the time. He's like, I don't do the fluff hardcore. He's like barbed wire and yeah. No fucking around like he was yeah. like the level was pretty high and i'm like you know what i can i can hang with this but the um the more serious like um like at the time i i i would not take i would not put my hands up for chair shots i'd be like i wear that yeah. shit um i would um like trash cans were sort of like they were okay but they weren't crazy like i hadn't really um well, there was a time when I hadn't really fully busted my cherry, if you will, in proper hardcore until yeah. that match. But the um, the build up to that and where I went wrong in the match for Vendetta is in wrestling, you got to tell a story. Right? You got to say, all right, there's a good guy and a bad guy. And what are their motivations? Why are they doing it? I went into that match and I'm like, this, the level has been set. I want to fuck myself up more than anyone else has ever fucked them up, selves up in, in a wrestling match. And I'm pretty sure I achieved that. Yes. Like in, in Perth. Uh, that wasn't exactly my intention to go that far. Yeah. Uh, but I just, all it was is like, what's the next big spot? What's the next big thing that I can do that people will remember? And Jack, you have a personal story from that night, right? Uh, yes. Um, that's... So that, that show as a whole, Vendetta 2012, is still to this day. I, I don't care. Reawakening, any any Schwash, any AAW show that I went to, any show that happened in Perth that I've been to. Uh, Vendetta Definitely not AAW, bro. Oh, not a fucking chance. Not a fucking chance. <laughs> um, we, I, I could honestly do a whole a whole podcast on, on AAW, but that's a whole fucking day. That's another day. Fucking... <laughs> um, that was probably one of the best shows I've ever been, I've ever seen live. And that's only just due to two matches. And that was, uh, first of all, the best tag team match I've ever seen to this day, which was TMDK versus Chase Griffin and Dan Moore. I don't know how long that match went for. It felt like 45 minutes and it was just a fucking masterpiece. And of course the match with you and um, Bobby Marshall, which ended pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty bad. And um I remember being pretty shook from that match after it because of obviously seeing someone having a fit in the middle of the ring after um, a spot like that. Um, we'd also heard at the time that you were actually meant to go over in that match. Uh, so after that show, uh, after that match, um, how did that change you as a performer? Did that make you more cautious in the ring? And uh, was our friend who was, uh, who was at the time training at the Dynamite Factory that told us, uh, was he right? So there's a lot of things about that match that went wrong. Yeah. Uh, one being the finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were so close. We were so close. You, you have no idea how close we were to finishing it, right? Um, 
But again, the thing I did wrong with that match is I planned it. Not I planned it. Together we planned it as like, and Bobby Marshall was done with hardcore wrestling. He was just like, he just wanted to get through this match. And he pretty much was like, I never want to wrestle hardcore matches again. Like he was yeah, done with it. Um, so he was just kind of like, yeah, man, we'll do that. Yeah, cool. We'll do that. Like he was very much like, um, and the, your friend was correct. I was supposed to go over in that match. Yeah. Uh, it was my first singles main event and ah, it was my first singles championship match. Uh, and it was supposed to be, you know, my, my crowning moment. Yeah. Uh, but it was not to be, uh, and the big problem was just not knowing when to go, Hey, you know what? Shit's got fucked up. Let's just go home. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and the first, the first small mistake was just early in the match. Bob just pushed the ladder at me, just threw it at me. He was standing, pushed at me, cut me across the top of the head, just yeah. nicked me. And I was like, oh shit, carried on. that wasn't too bad. Carried on. And then we moved on to this part where I put the ladder down. I scooped him onto it. And my plan was, I'm like, I want to dive onto him, but I feel like a back sent on. If I hit a back sent on, I'll be sweet. Cause I can sort of like land with my ass on the floor, hit with my back. It's not too damaging for him. It's not too damaging for me, but it's a dude jumping off and landing on another dude on a ladder. Yeah. Um, but he was going to move. So I'm like, sweet. I'll just fucking wow. wear it on my back. You know, not too bad because I'm hitting the floor first. But this is where if you're going to do something in wrestling, you have to commit. Don't half-ass it. So I got up there. I jumped and I went, oh, shit, this is going to suck. I put my hands out either oh, side no. and it ended up more like a leg drop. And my hand hit the, like a little support thing on the side of the ladder and it's just split my hand open straight to the bottom. Fucking hell. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you can see the, no, the lighting's probably not good, but that's the- Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. The, uh, there. Um, <laughs> and I've hit it and I've gone, oh, fuck, that hurts. And, I've, and I'm like, all right, next spot. We're moving over here. I'm going to dump him over the top to drop him onto a ladder. And if you watch the footage back, it's just, it's just flowing. And then as he goes up and over, that's kind of what I noticed because it's like a rain of blood. Oh, fuck, man. And I was like, oh, shit. And I looked down and I could see the bone. I was like, oh, that's not good. And so I turned to the guys and said, I'm like, I just need something to wrap it up with. And they're like, oh, I don't, I don't have anything. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck's sake. Medical equipment, like, oh, here you go. It's a bandage. And they had like a money bag. Like, you know, those bags you put in as you go banking? Yeah. And I'm like, if yeah, I give me that. So I just wrap that up. And I'm holding like this piece of thing in my hand and we keep going, we keep going. Shit. Um, and we, um, and eventually they get me some tape and I'm like, fuck yeah, let's tape that shit up. Um, and then we move on. I dive, I'm supposed to dive off the top onto him. He's on a table. Uh, but I'm like, ah, maybe we'll just go from the second, you know, it's still to the floor. It's still pretty big. Uh, and the next thing we go up the ladder, I give him, I'm supposed to give him a big DDT off the ladder. I'm like, this, this can't go too wrong. But for some reason, timing-wise, as we've come down, his body's twisted and he's bumped with his knee right on top of my nose. In the middle Jesus, of my head. this is getting worse and worse. <laughs> and I've just, it's hit me. And you, if you've ever had your bell rung, there's a specific, like, feeling. And you're just like, oh, shit. And I remember, like, turning and just feeling like my body was in slow motion. I'm like, oh, that sucks so bad. But I think what's happened there is I've like burst a couple of vessels maybe in the back of my nose. So there's a little bit of taste of blood in the back of my throat. And um, we're nearly home now. So we're not far away. All I've got to do is um, 
Um, he's going to do a leg drop on me through a table. And what we'd done is, because I'm, a, I was, you know, we're both big boys. We bought specifically thicker tables, and the tables, um, the legs we used some weird, a weird setup like a sawhorse because we couldn't get normal table legs. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So these these tables are heavy. He's done the leg drop. And that's Woods come around and smack me on the face as well. Oh shit. Um, and I think that's when I was out. Yeah. Um, and then he's supposed to climb the ladder. I push the ladder. He eats shit. I climb the ladder and win. But yeah, he climbs the ladder. No, he goes to move me and I'm out and he's hoping yeah. I'm obviously gonna, gonna get up and, and get the thing, uh, knock him off. But as he's going to pick me up, I'm fucking, stiff as well i'd started doing the 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 fit yeah. um and it's funny people uh, someone backstage had told me later they're like wow man that is a really shitty devon dudley self like that is oh, so oh, cool. fuck off. <laughs> thought that not knowing yeah um, of course <laughs> and, and then to come realize i was actually uh, seizing and i believe it was because i the blood had flowed and covered my my uh my throat and like like i couldn't get oxygen Yep. But Bob's gone to pick oh, me up and like move me and I'm not moving and he's turned me over. If you look really closely, you can see like shit come out of my mouth. And I think that Fuck. probably saved my life. Um, because, um, yeah, I just, again, I don't know. I've only seen it back. I have very little memory of this particular moment. Uh, and then he's at the top of the ladder and he's like, ah, for fuck's sake, not really knowing the severity of the situation. Just like, you know, this did not go the way it's supposed to. Um, and I feel for the guy because I could not imagine what it would be like to be in the ring and someone's, you know, having a seizure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're they're um, uh, they're not doing well. And then yeah, I think they've obviously shut the show down, kicked everyone out, paramedics, and I've woken up and fucking <laughs> um, Jose Dos Santos standing over me as I wake up, <laughs> and I'm like what's going on and then i was like he's like hey man good work good work and i was like did i win he's like nah buddy <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell oh uh, that that match is fucking it's eight years now it would have been eight years as of the week that's just passed and uh that match yeah. i was 15 years old i was in the crowd i'm it was front row i was with yeah. uh dan zeppelin and jacob so uh, uh Spot, uh, if you can try to spot us in the crowd, you would see a little young me, but that uh, that match has really stuck with me. Uh, still to this day, man, like just the visual of you sort of in the middle of the ring on the table, just seizing was just it's fucked. And I remember yeah. going to school, sc going to school that Monday, and um, a, lo a lot of kids at school knew I was doing backyard wrestling and uh, all this shit, and they knew I was a massive wrestling fan. And this was one of those, believe it or not, that match became one of the examples of why wrestling isn't fake. Like I would start to tell people that. <laughs> That spot and that match that you had with Bobby Marshall. And uh, so it's just like, uh, still, still to this day, man, like I haven't watched it. One, I, I've not seen it back since actually watching it happen. Oh, one. man. We've got to do so like I a watch to. along or something sometime. I need you know to. What? I'm, I'm keen. If, you guys want to do it. If APW will allow us to uh, put the footage in our channel, it'll be great <laughs> to do a little watch along. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, oh, it was just, yeah, just fucking insane, man. And uh, good to see that you actually no it was only a month earlier as well the same thing happened to adrian priest i think it was yeah he um similar he didn't seize but he was knocked out and was snoring hard yeah, oh that's fucking that's scary right. that's but that was a plastic 
that was a plastic chair swung really hard to his head. Um, from- again, oh, yeah. this was the, the, the level of like, um, like intensity that was around any kind of hardcore stuff at the time. Like guys were just like, just pushing that envelope, trying to do something a bit more. And that particular moment wasn't a huge moment, but it was just like, you know, um, well, I don't think it was supposed to obviously hit him that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was um, yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, man. How was the, um, sorry to cut you off, Jack. How was the fallout after the match? Like uh, once you came to like the injuries that you had suffered, um, how long did it take for you to feel normal again? Actually pretty quick. Like okay. I, I, I went to the hospital um, and uh, I was there overnight. And then the next day um, and no, I was, was it there that, yeah, I was there that night um, and they'd stitched up my hand um, and uh, had checked me, give me brain scans. And um, I was there the following day and they were trying to tell me that I'd have to wait another day uh, for the doctor to come and like sign me out and check me out of the hospital. And I was like, I'm good. I'm going to check myself out. Like, <laughs> like yeah. you know, I'd, I'd, I'd been scanned. I'd been stitched. I had a cast, um, not like a proper cast, you know, those little plastic. Yeah. The little one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They, they, no, they hadn't had me that yet. They actually had a proper cast on it at first. Sorry. And I ended up getting that. And then, um, yeah, I was just like, man, I'm just going to sit here. Like, I'm fine. Like, um, just need, just want to go home. Like, yeah. went home. And then the only thing was then was the stitches that, like, I couldn't, I didn't want to wrestle with the stitches in because they put, like, 12 internal and, like, 6 external um, to put it all back together. And I've got, you know, that's all fine. Um, and, um, yeah, I so said, had, um, I actually ended up having, um, uh, yeah, no real problems after that. Um, good. It was just, I did, I did uh, think in a way like just less stuff to the head. Do you know what I mean? Like not that yeah. it was intentionally a lot of the stuff that happened to my head, but just yeah. after having that, I was like, yeah, put my hands up. Like you'll notice uh, the cage match where um, uh, I, I had re- more recently, a couple of years ago now with Gavin McGavin, Hayden Zenith swung the chair and that would have been a kind of moment where it could have been cool to like just wear it. Oh, that nope, hands. Yeah, yeah. No, good call, man. Definitely, cool. definitely. And eventually, you do win the hardcore title, right? Uh, yes. Uh, I can Gosh. imagine Bobby pulling the belt down when you couldn't continue the match. Going, fuck! I'm going to end up having to do another one of these. Just, yeah. just when you think I'm out, they pull they me back in. Me right back in. <laughs> I, remember, I remember he looked like he just had no idea what to do. He was stood on top of the ladder for a solid 20, 30 seconds, just watching you, and he was looking around the crowd, looking at backstage, just waiting for fucking something to do. And something. I I, he just didn't want to. He just didn't want to have to have another hardcore match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then before he pulls the belt down, he said something like, "Suck my fucking." dick and just pulls the fucking belt down i just <laughs> something like that just you did was not happy with him anyway sorry to keep cutting you off jack no um of course uh, in november uh 2014 uh the hardcore title was finally retired uh were you happy with how it ended and uh how and how was it how did you feel about it ending with uh lukey of all people becoming the last champion <laughs> hey man i love lukey lukey is like again another super fun time mm-hmm. in wrestling but I, 
that was a frustrating period, the $3,000 challenge, um, that whole thing, because I, I wanted to wrestle. Like, I wanted to have matches. I wanted to get back into it. I wanted to go hard because I'd been having matches like yep. um, as the hardcore champ. And then the, the management, not the management, the booking had changed. And the particular booker at the time didn't like hardcore matches at all. No. Like, just did not. And um, I think of who it is, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's appropriate to say who it is, and I have no that's idea. Fine. If, if you don't want to, that's okay. Yeah, I, I just don't know. So, okay, that's cool. Um, it's, uh, so we ended up doing this hardcore challenge, and while it was fun, and I got to spend a lot of time on the microphone rather than um, uh, doing matches, at the same time, I kind of was drawn back to um, the early the early years in the sense of um, I was having to show my ass again. I went from like solid, strong, um, like like badass kind of like I came back from the death. You know what I mean? Like I'm fucking, um, and then to a, a joke. Which uh, don't get me wrong, it, it it was it was so much fun to do because working with Luke, he's a professional comedian. Like if, if, if it ever comes up, you guys have to go see one of his shows. Like he's hilarious. Um, but his mind. And then like with me, he had the comedy side and I had the wrestling side and we sort of gelled and meshed that stuff together. Um, and while I, again, I had fun, like we had this whole, the greatest part of the gimmick was he, it was like, he didn't understand like double entendres to words. And he would say shit like, um, He's like, Don, me and you, we've got this lockdown, but you know, we need another one. We need to make a threesome. I'm like, no, dude, no threesomes. We need a triforce. Okay. He's like, no, we just need another dude to fill the hole. And I'm like, no, we're not filling the hole. <laughs> He's like, yes, come on, dog. We just need to have a threesome with another dude. And I'm like, triforce of power, Luke. Like, come on, man. Um, and it was great fun. And um, but I just, I just wanted to wrestle. Mm. Um. Nice. And it, 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 uh, unfortunately it all kind of built up to like this new guy who then had never ended up fucking wrestling anymore. Um, uh, who kind of finally beat me. Um, but then, um, yeah, then it, it retiring with Luke. Um, I never found out a problem, um, in a sense of like, him like the the way it came about was quite funny um uh with the the battle royal and yeah. him accidentally winning it but i i didn't it's it was sort of like i said it's i think it's sort of along the same lines as like the, the original hardcore like for the wf it was like a badass belt and then it became a bit of a joke yeah, yeah. um and while it needed to come from that huge level of intense fucking hardcore, it needed to come down from that because it just wasn't like the amount of people I think never went to wrestling again because of my match at Vendetta. Maybe a few, you know what I mean? They just went, yeah, yeah. that's not what. Um, so he did need to come down a notch, but I just, um, I mean, I, I went all out with that. Like I had a big fake check made. Like we brought it out on the shows and like it's $3,000 if you can beat me in like musical chairs and it was all rigged. And we had a photo of like Luke opening a bottle of champagne and it's spraying all over me. And like, 
like holding it near his dick and like um, <laughs> and he had these all these things made off it's like that don could beat off an army of men and like um, <laughs> it was it was good stuff like it's funny like uh stuff but i yeah mixed emotions really like great time awesome. doing it um there's probably a better way for it to have happened but you know it is what it is for me it's kind of just like you guys went through all that and then it's kind of like someone who didn't. It's it's like David Arquette winning the WCW title. There we go. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, that was. A, uh, don't start with that shit, Jack. That was a good thing that happened. I don't give a yeah. shit. Mate. That was a great right. movie. And 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 David Arquette's a badass nowadays, man. I'm not going. You can't. Oh yeah, no. These days, different story. But like, I'm looking forward to his documentary. That'll be good. But just oh, trying that to. Was I'm, yeah. I'm trying to put myself in this in the position of uh let's say if i was a wrestling fan we had um i don't know give me a celebrity for today uh who's a big time actor that isn't the rock because he could actually tom, tom cruise title. i don't know go like tom cruise going in and winning the wwe title right now with no professional wrestling experience today a different story but that's just me <laughs> but you know what luke he was there from day one. Oh, he come on yeah, he, he was just... <clears throat> come on but, how many um did, has a uh, bit of a sidebar? Has Lukey worked any uh, actual proper matches other than maybe a couple with? I, uh... I don't. I think that might have been the only thing he did. I don't know if he ever. No, I don't think so. No, that's probably it. Yeah, but he'd been around. He was a founding member, and like, yeah. um, and the way it was done as well, it wasn't just like he went in there and beat up a bunch of people. No, it was a fluke. It was like David yeah. Arquette. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, and that can make sense. But then to, to that, it just like, what hardcore title? What, what, what are you talking about? That never happened. Like, if he had like lost it to someone like yourself or, you know, even Bobby Marsh coming back and then retiring the belt, then who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, but I think it's the fact that it's, uh, for, for me personally, it's just if I was, uh, I would be a bit, if I was in your shoes, I would have been a bit, you know, hang on. I went through all this shit for this belt and, but I think that it just still comes down to how you see wrestling because wrestling is different to everyone. Um, yes. And how, and how everyone sees championships. Because some people don't give a shit about championship lineage or history or value. So I guess it comes down to how you see it. Uh, but that being said, uh, Gen Zero, whose idea is this and how was it, deci uh, it decided who would be a part of it? This is, again, um, another, like, the bookers just don't have shit for yeah. me or Hayden. And they're like, yeah, let's just throw these guys together see what happens um right. and then Hayden and I worked our asses off like just like designing stuff and 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 the getting the right music and um uh and and just doing like again back to showing our asses like to yeah. being the butt of jokes but just fucking running hard with it like going all out and being like let's just do it yeah um so and then and it's if it, it's funny the way the idea started was like i i see potential in you hayden zenith and i'm going to show you that i have faith in you and i ended up walking out and laying down for him to beat me in a tournament of of some sort but he was on such at the time like he had that young upstart hope thing and he had that had a match with sebastian sander and 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 really like did well and he previously had that um uh what was it the team husey was that well, i can't remember team, team red can or something team red can wasn't he part of that some sort of feud around that I'm trying to remember i'm pretty sure it was but he was he was honestly killing it like 
little guy, the, the little underdog. He could have gone uh, and done more, but they didn't have anywhere for him to go. And then uh, myself, it was sort of, yeah, not long after doing the, the hardcore thing um, and then finishing that with Lukey. And then they're sort of like, well, uh, we got nothing for you, man. Like, just go be in a tag team. Yeah, which, again, I don't envy the position of a booker. Because no, because it's hard, man. It's hard to keep slotting, figure out where to slot people in when there's, you know, so many people on the roster at a certain point. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, and then we just were like, you know what, fuck it. And we went hard. And um, that was, I, and like I said, I had a lot of fun in a lot of things, but that, like, gelling, Hayden and I gelled so well. We were like, I wouldn't say we're on the same page, but we're definitely in the same book. But, but we're like, just like ideas that would just flow. And it's like, yeah, okay, we'll do this. Oh, and then, then we can do that. And then we, our timing and our, um, uh, just the way we thought about wrestling just, were, just gelled so well. Yeah. Um, and then um, we uh, were kind of gifted Scotty. <laughs> like they were just kind of like, yeah, uh, now Scotty's in your team. I'm like, well, that's cool. Like, Scotty was fucking great. He just finished doing his thing with um, the drop kicks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of did. Again, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, kind of, again, didn't have really anything for him. So they were like, oh, here you go, man. Jump in there. And we had started to gain traction in a way that, like, we're having great matches with... Um, Dan Moore and uh, Jared Slate um, and uh, the, what were they called? The Cowboys and Indians. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was unfortunate for Scotty because he, he was quite, had quite good singles potential, but he then be, kind of became our manager. He still had his matches, but then he kind of became our backup guy to help us get through some things, throw the powder. And um, like we came up with that as our, like, I think maybe Hayden more than oh, anything. The, the red powder. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was Hayden's idea. I was like, fuck yeah, man, let's do that shit. That is fucking gold. Um, and, um, and then um, wasn't until, trying to remember if we, because we hadn't, had we turned face when Alison Cruz joined? Yeah, we had. I, I think. think you had. Yeah, I don't think she was ever a heel. No, no. Um, couldn't be. Um, yeah. We had, a, and then we, we kind of turned face against because the um, the solution, yeah. That had, and our our bullshit, our showing our ass was so out of control, like just over the top. People started, and I hate it when this happens. When you you're trying so hard to be just a dumb shit heel, and people just start enjoying it, yeah. Because they, you, they'll yell at you and you'll yell back and they're like, fuck yeah, like I got him that time. Like I, I made him laugh, you know, like, or like I got his attention and you know, I was the most important person there. Um, but they just loved to give a shit so much that they, we became popular. Yeah. Rather than hated. Um, and it was just a weird, a weird turn. Um, it's almost we, like if you kept staying on heel, you'd be going against the grain. You'd have, you had to go the direction that it was, it was going in, whether you liked it or not. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and, and Hayden was so over the top with his stuff as well. And like, 
it's funny how like progressive everyone is nowadays, but it's so easy in a, in a, in a crowd to like make everyone boo you just slightly allude to homosexuality. Like, <laughs> and it's, and they're all over you, but like, I don't think you could do that same thing now. Um, no. Like, but just hugging and not even really like we'd hug each other and then you just, you'd, you'd hear them start. <laughs> like the crowd would just be all over it in, um, but yeah, we, and we didn't care. We just, just went hard at it. And we had Hayden and I had gone to Melbourne, um, and Sydney and, um, to tag together. We just, we tagged in, in Schwa and, um, I don't think we ever tagged in NHBW. Um, but we were just constantly working together and, and doing the same things and just blowing it out. And then we had that right then against, um, was the headhunters. Um, Slayton Moore and the solution. Yes. yes. And then just stopping the solution. Instead of helping the solution and attacking the solution, that was it. Bang. They fucking loved us. Right. That's all it was. Just one split second decision and it was, yep, there are guys now, which was cool as shit. Oh, yeah. I want you to tell us the story of that fateful four-way Riot Den match. Uh this is Jesus. kind of similar to you were supposed to win the hardcore title. I believe the headhunters were supposed to win the tag titles here, but uh, yes, they were. a few injuries took place in the match. What happened? You know, how do you fucking figure oh. out what to do when shit goes down like this and you're going to have to change the finish on the fly? Tell what me about what the hell, what, from your point of view, what the hell happened? So we're in there, we're doing our thing, and. Um, just, you know, run into what it's supposed to be, telling the story of, of, of uh, um, Dan, Moore, uh, Dan Moore and Jared Slater, the, the big super baby faces. The solution are just sort of being this fucking annoying people that attack everywhere. And the headhunters, um, they were start sort of on the rise. Um, and it's funny, when they released the weapons, um, someone, uh, Dan Steele came up behind Hayden Zenner to like start doing something. And Hayden's just gone to turn around to get him. And he's just... Bang! Fucking oh, and split open, and <laughs> and I, I like I think if he just went into like protection mode, and Dan just left the cage, like you're supposed to be locked in, but he's just gone. Oh, I'm gonna go get some medical attention. Um, I think that you know that automatic like yeah, hey, shit, I'm gonna look Something after myself, yeah. which I didn't do in my ladder match. Um, and then he's come back, uh, and then uh, there's a spot where Twitch is come over and give me something and he's supposed to turn around and run and dive over um, the top rope to the outside um, in the corner onto uh, AZ Vergara and uh, the warship. And AZ's on the wrong side of, they've got a table set up that's for something else later. And AZ's like, this table is exactly the width between the ring and the cage. I need to get around here. And he's like, uh, uh, and Twitch starts running. And Warship's on the other side, but he's not in place. But I, got, I, got, I can't, don't know exactly what went on there. And Twitch is just dove, dive straight over the top and landed on the floor. And broke wow. his elbow. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It, just timing, positioning. Um, and just, yeah, there was no one there for him. Which sucks. Because uh, that's the biggest thing about dives, man. Someone's got to be there. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so he's broken his collarbone. He's on the floor like, I broke my collarbone. And the referee's like, are you okay? He's like, I broke my collarbone. And they're like, shit. Uh, and then um, 
Twitch is supposed to then come back in the ring and he's not in the ring. And I'm like, oh, if, shit, all right, we've got to do something else. And we sort of went to move on and we had a finishing sequence that involved them coming in again later. Um, and um, obviously he wasn't, but the referee comes up to me and goes, uh, the um, uh, Twitch is out. Um, uh, Gen Zero to go over. And I was like, well, I guess that's what's happening. Like, I, I don't know who we talked to, but I'm like, referee's man. He's obviously talked to someone. <coughs> so we yeah. got in and started working and then, um, yeah, finished, uh, called the finish, our um, finish through the table, the double zero, uh, which was called the triple zero when Scotty was involved because you need to call an ambulance for someone. <laughs> <laughs> um but the double zero, because there was only two of us still on the move, uh, running knee into a flapjack off the shoulders, yeah, uh, through the table, and then um, yeah, we just finished it. Went over the because um, I think the headhunters were supposed to go over um, the solution, so we just yeah. sort of changed position there, and that was like it sucked because that was like those guys had worked hard and had built up and were ready, you know, to be champions. Um, but it's like same with my match, like it just didn't, yeah, it didn't eventuate. So, um, then we went on to win the tag titles and, um, had a bit of a run after that, and that led us into the solution, right? Did Twitch ever wrestle again after that? He did, uh, but I think work commitments okay. and obviously the broken collarbone, um, yeah, made it a bit harder to, um, yeah, get in there. Right. Twitch made very good enhancement talent back in the day. Oh, I remember his him, I remember gimmick was fucking amazing. Oh, he was incredible at taking some, some of those bumps that just, because guys were just throwing this guy around back in the day. <laughs> around 2012, man, I mean, so many shows were just open with Twitch just getting his ass fucking kicked. <laughs> I loved it. You're all good yeah. there, Don. You've got to readjust your... Uh... I had to readjust. I had to plug in some uh, power because my uh, <laughs> iPad is, is is down to ten percent. But I think we'll be, I think it'll be good. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, you you're having the run with the 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 tag titles. You're having your feud with the Solution. Uh, things are going quite well, but I want to fast forward a little bit. When did you first find out that finally, after twelve long years, that you were going to be coming the EPW champion at Reawakening Sixteen? Huge. It, 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 it's a weird one because I don't believe anything until it happens. Mm -hmm. Like the amount of times in wrestling, they're like, oh, this is going to happen and it doesn't happen. So yep. I put, I've always put very little uh, stock in hearing anything in wrestling. It's always just like, okay, that sounds like a really cool idea. But until it happens, especially again, after <laughs> what happened uh, <laughs> in the yeah. other match, I'm going to reserve my judgment. Um, but it was definitely one of those things where I'm like, it was, it's not like someone comes up and they're like, hey man, you know, you've done a lot of hard work and we're really proud of what you've been doing. And, and as a, you know, a reward, this is what's going to happen. It's kind of like, yeah, well, you're going to be facing Day, uh, David Storm and, you know, we'll see, we'll see how we probably go over and, you know, and I was like, oh my, yeah, cool, cool. Sounds good. Right, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a cool idea, man. Like, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, working through it, getting there. And then um, it's not... It's, it's such a weird thing as well because um, having that attitude and then 
it's it's never about the end it's about getting there if that makes sense it's like all right we've still got this match to do it's still got to be you know this is the main event this is title opportunity it can't just be any other match it's got to really and it's reawakening so there's all these levels you know first epw championship facing david storm the guy who started you know the whole thing you know and and um and and you know Again, reawakening is the biggest show. It's our WrestleMania, you know. It's it's fucking all these levels, and to just try and be like, don't fuck up, like, yeah, don't go out there and have that match. And everyone's like, yeah, man, they, uh, yeah, that was the worst main event of reawakening. <laughs> uh, especially that bit where you fucked up. Um, so it's <laughs> the pressure's there, but it's just doing the work and 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 working hard to make sure that you know, presentability, like being able to hit all your stuff and to look like a champion and act like a champion and move in the ring like a champion because that's what you're trying to portray. It's, it's, and like you are saying before, Jack, for some people it's like, eh, it's just a job. You know, that's what I'm doing. But it was a long time. There's something that I'd always aspired to, uh, but I was just like, I can't, I have to make it something special. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, and it was and it was tough. And again, not believing it till I got there. And the moment of it finishing, um, like you know how you, I don't know about you guys, but if you ever see anyone like win a match and then cry, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but me, I'm like, fuck off. Yeah, you know, do your job. Like, shut up. Like, don't don't cry. Uh, and then <laughs> when I did, I proceeded to cry like a little bitch. Like, um, <laughs> so it's it's emotional because you you just trying to trying to get through it and you're trying to make sure everything looks good and then when it's finally finished you're like holy shit like i did it like didn't fuck it up like i didn't i made sure i when there's all these guys backstage that if i shit the bed i make them look bad too because they all want this yeah you know they they if i make this not look like it's it's worth it then i'm making all of the stuff they do look like it's not worth it and 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 the guy i'm fought, like dave you know other people you still have a good show but david storm like he's you know and, and don't get me wrong there's other people that help build epw but he's there's been synonymous with it yeah. since day one and and the most passionate um about the whole thing um to the point of like you know not too far but almost like hey man like calm down like he he's just that passionate about it and, and can easily bring that out of you. And that's, I think a big hinging part of what helped with me as well. Like to bring that out of me was having that guy on the other side who was like almost the same, like, don't you fuck this up because it means a shit ton to me, you know? Um, and it was even better to be able to, um, to share it with my son as well, to have, to be able to have him, you know, jump in the ring with me and just share that moment. Like, um, be a proud dad, like, like a role model, you know what I mean? Like, and not, and to be able to, and be able to achieve something. Yeah. In life. Well, like it's, it, it meant a shit ton to me. Like uh, it's so much. Um, and for everyone who'd won it before as well to hold that up and, and be like, yeah, like I see you guys, you know, like I'm not pretending like I'm better. I'm not pretending like it didn't count. I'm like, that all counted. And so does this, you know? Yeah, man. I think that's one thing I really love about, uh, the moment someone wins their first world, world title or 
you know, EPW title, etc. I love that journeyman that it takes them years, you know, the blah, blah year long journey has finally culminated in him winning the WWF championship. You know, like that, that story to me was always the most perfect way to end WrestleMania. And for many years, they, that hadn't really happened. You know, a lot of like Roman Reigns, etc. they won the belt quite early on. That wasn't like there was this journey or like Sheamus. I think he won at the first pay-per-view that he, he wrestled TLC at. 2009. Yeah. You know, like, like <laughs> I, 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 and like we finally got that again with Drew McIntyre. And, and it's the same with you, Don, like, uh, to me, I was, I was standing in the drinking section that night, watching this happen, knowing how much it meant to you and that it was 12 years of hard work that, that paid off in the end. So, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that you got to have that moment and, and share it with your son. Thanks, man. And you talk about as well, like, you know, at the start, how on your first, first day of training, you weren't ready. You're throwing up out the back after a couple of, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, needed chest. So it's like, you know, it's, one of those things that you can look back on the whole thing and just be like holy shit i did that it's it's something to be proud of even if it's like you know you didn't make fucking a million dollars out of it no yeah it's the memories man it's it's, uh i think that's a lot more important uh would have been a very special moment Um, so as soon as as soon after this uh gen zero split so how did you feel about that um it was one of those things where um i love the fact that it ended between me and Hayden because yeah. we started it. Um, it was very bittersweet because um, at the same time I had gone on and gone up. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Hayden was along with me as well. And like he had improved, like he was already good. And I feel like he only got better throughout the whole, the whole course of our thing. Um, and the storyline was perfect. Like I moved on and sort of left left him sort of behind, if that makes sense. So Scotty won the, um, the, the Coastal Championship and, and, and was moving that way. And he was teaming with, um, with Alison Cruz. And it was, all, it was all a very good catalyst for the way it went. Like, I, if I could tag team with him again tomorrow, I'd do it. Like, yeah. it was always so much fun. But it just, I, I feel like it was time. Like it, 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 it had, there wasn't much we could do from that point with generation zero. Yeah. We had kind of been through and done it all. Um, and I was, um, it didn't work out that way. I was hoping for, um, to have a title match with Hayden, uh, to sort of like have that, um, I mean, the, the, the feud itself was, was huge enough. Like, and we had, I thought, and, I'm, and I had been told by other people, like an amazing blow off for that feud. Um, and I, I would have preferred it to be, again, in the title picture for him to give him that, um, uh, like, I want to say, like, give him the rub, you know what I mean? To yeah. bring him up to that level so that he could then yeah. maintain in that, in that circle. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't go that way. Um, and it's something neither of us have any control over. Um, but I did really enjoy our match um, for the blow-off of that feud. Um, and Scotty Ryan obviously was doing his kind of own thing. And then um, Alison Cruz was sort of um, at the point where she was pretty much thinking of finishing up with wrestling as well. Um, Such so a shame. All- yeah. Um, she was great. She was yeah, she was very good. Um, and if she came back tomorrow, she'd be always welcomed. But it's just some people, I think, 
the way life goes, you know, you can't. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah of course. Oh uh, yeah, back to you, Carl. I, I mean, that was my next question: was what happened to Allison and Scotty? But he just he just answered it. So, I guess Scotty yeah. life got in the way for him. He decided to uh, move on from wrestling. Yeah, uh, he um, as, at this point, I'm pretty sure he's in England. Oh, okay, shit. Living in England, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Sort of, that took him that way, and um, Allison Cruz has um, has become a mother. So, oh right, cool. That, that takes. I'm pretty sure I already knew that as well, but I've just got such a bad memory. <laughs> uh, uh, congratulations to her. Um, so uh, I wanted to, um, you know, talk to you about your, your run, your first one with the EPW Championship. How did it feel to now be the man and now be the main event? And now, you know, this is your run. This is your chance to, to show that this was a good decision. Um, it was just, it's, as much as like I was saying before to win the championship, there was this big, like making sure that it, um, it meant something. I, at the same time, I, as weird as it's going to sound, I was doing a lot of the same stuff I had been doing for a while. Yeah. It's just for that match, it was elevated. And then with the championship, it was still elevated, but I, it, I felt like I was not doing the same thing in the sense of like, oh, I'm still in the same thing. Um, it was like, it's like I had a formula and it worked and it worked really well. Um, and I, one of my best matches I've, I feel like I've ever had was when Carlo Cannon came over. Um, like, and he, he is like the old, he came in and he worked the perfect heel, the perfect bad guy. Um, and it just gelled so well. And he's got such a great wrestling mind. Um, and, um, a great work ethic as well. Uh, so we gelled together really well. Um, and I, there's the, the stereotypical um, good guy versus bad guy theme in a lot of wrestling. Um, and it's, it's, for me, I find while that's easy, it's, it's, it's what, a good show for the fans. Like they want to have someone they're like, nah, fuck that guy. And they want to have a guy that's like, yeah, that's my dude. Um, and when you, and the way that fans are in wrestling as well, it's a tough one as well, because there are people out there who are like, Oh, that's the guy you want me to be like, he's the dude. No, I don't like him. I don't care who the other dude is, but I have to be the guy who's like, nah, I want the other guy. Yeah. Uh, And that's incredibly, incredibly frustrating. But at the same time, it's an obstacle. It's a challenge. Um, and then when you are put in a position where you are against fan favorites as a fan favorite, and this is their moment, uh, like wrestling, um, gorgeous Gary, like it was, I, I feel like we had a great match, but at the same time, I'm like, I took his long-term dream. Do you know what I mean? Like Uh, that was, that was his, his glory story coming up and, and, he was against a fan favorite. So it was like, it was his time, but it just the circumstance wasn't good. And that was a difficult one to navigate because I obviously didn't want him to come out and everyone be like, ah, oh, you know, ha ha Gary, you're not going to win. But at the same time, I also didn't want the opposite. Like, Hey, fuck you, Don. Like yeah. Gary's our man, you know? Um, so that was, that was a difficult one to, uh, to navigate. And then, um, then the match with David storm again, like 
round two, I'll, I'll wrestle that guy all day, every day is any opportunity I get. But again, having that, that opportunity for people to, to not want me to win when that's, that was my, almost my formula. Do you know what I mean? Like I want to get these people to the point where they're like, yes, we want this, the Don's our guy. We want him to win. But then you've got Davis Storm and, at that point, people like, hey, man, he's been our guy for a long time. Sometimes he wasn't our guy, but right now he's, you know, he's our guy. So um, it you've was... Been, you're thrust into these situations where it can be potentially splitting the crowd or potentially having the crowd go for the underdog, which is your yeah. opponent. Yes. Um, and you want to still stay the top baby face, but it's... Baby face versus baby face matches in those situations must be very difficult, as you say. It, yeah, it's a hard road to navigate. And like a little mistake can, can send things, you know, in a different direction that you're going for. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to walk away having um, <coughs> made I look like a chump. Like, you know, because he, you know, you want him to still walk away and have fans and have people want to come and see him win. But you still want to walk away and have that. Um, and... It's, it's, it's good and bad in a way because the, the formula worked for John Cena for a long time. They find a big bad and he has to fight his way. The guy takes it from him or doesn't take it from him and he, and he, takes, he kicks that guy out, the big bad. You know what yeah. I mean? And then eventually they started turning on him. But it took a long time. <laughs> Whereas I felt it was starting a little bit to be... And then to, to face uh, Mikey Nichols. My God. Like, yeah. Yeah, People man. like Mike, you know what they I mean? They do. He's fresh People off uh, NXT <laughs> television, so... Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, and he's good. Like, there, there's no way, like, he's always been that guy. He's one of those guys where you're like, you know, I want to be like Mike, you know? Like, he's, mm. he's got the look, he's got the size, he's got the ability, you know? Um, and, and obviously the popularity, especially in Perth, like, and also an, a, a worldwide recognition, you know? Yeah, man. Um, so I was the underdog, but not the underdog favorite. Mm. So it's another really difficult one to navigate. And um, I had um, had a minor tear in my, um, was it the, the meniscus in my, in my knee? Um, and I was just trying to play it off like I was fine because you know, I can't go into this like, oh, hey, guys, you know, in case I don't do well, it's my knee. You know, like, I just yeah. want to be like, no, no, 100%, I'm good. Let's go. Let's do this. Um, but I still had that problem with my knee and having that in the back of my mind, um, I, I feel like it threw me off. Um, I feel like I could have done better um, in that match. Um, not that I thought it was by any stretch bad or not good. Um, but that little, just that niggling, uh, knee injury, it, it just put me off a little bit. Well, I was uh, there. I saw the match. I loved it. Oh, thank so you. I didn't notice any problems. That was actually my first show since you won the title. So. Oh, snap. Yeah. I, it, and it's not EBW's fault. I just was burned out on wrestling after, um, reawakening 16. I just, man, I was just. I'd gone wrestling crazy and I just needed a break. Um, but I'm definitely yeah. ready to get back into coming to the shows. That's for sure. Yes. Um, I like to hear. 
Um, I want to take a quick sidebar here. We haven't got too many questions left on. Um, what was it like working with Ken Shamrock last year? Holy shit. I didn't even know whoa, about whoa, that until when today. When that happen? I, I, I was reading on cagematch.net that they were in a tag match, Gen Zero against Shamrock and Carlo Cannon, I think. Yes. And I'm like, fuck, fuck they, Shamrock come from? He fucking worked with Shamrock, bro. He's, yeah, he's our boy. We love him. Yeah. How Not was like, that? Ken, <laughs> you, you mean Uncle Ken? Oh, <laughs> Just the coolest, like, you know, have you ever been in a room with someone where you're like, at any moment, if he wanted to kill me, I, I, I could do nothing about it. Yes. You know, have you ever been in a room with someone like that? Yeah. Yep, I, yeah. Uh, I wrestled an AAW show and I was sat next to Bob Holly in the locker room, so yes. Yes, and I also hear good things about Bob Holly, but I haven't Bob met Holly him. Bob Holly is um, great. He's the best. But, we interviewed him and it's our favorite interview. He's like, fucking awesome. He's awesome. great. Yeah. That's great. Um, but yeah, but like, but you talk to him and you're like, oh, no way, like, he's the nicest guy around. But exactly. you're like, I remember seeing the world's most dangerous man, like this, you know, like it, it, this is Ken fucking Shamrock, man, like, but honestly, like the coolest dude, one of the boys, like joking around, like taking the piss, and um... so how how was the uh, how was the match? It was um, like your typical like, hey, holy shit! I just met Ken Tram. I'm about to wrestle him, dude. Whatever the fuck we're gonna do, you just tell me. Like, I'm not gonna try and call spots. So I'm not gonna try and be like, yeah, let's do this. It's like, Ken, what are we doing, man? Like, fucking. And he's like, oh, you know, we'll do this. And the worst thing was Carlo uh, had recently snapped his um, his tibia or his fibula. Shit. Um, so he was not, like, he was back, but he wasn't 100%. So we kind of had to work around that. But he still, he was still a trooper. Like, he still killed it. But we did some stuff with, we, we basically went straight back to what I was saying before, like, showing our asses again being the dickheads, like, and just, like, I took a side, um, uh, a belly-to-belly -belly suplex from Shamrock, um, <laughs> and I took a punch from him, and those deadly punches, man, he is a fucking worker, like, it it just, just, just touched on my forehead, and I sold it like it killed me, because that's just <laughs> what you do with Ken Shamrock. Yeah, um, it's amazing. And um, then... Uh, so yeah, he puts Hayden in the, in the ankle lock, uh, Hayden taps out. Um, and then I think I take a splash from, uh, from Carlo. Um, no, no. So we took, I take the, uh, the side belly to belly. And then, um, I think Hayden takes a, a, a splash. And then after the match, he, we could both get put in a, um, in an ankle lock. <laughs> then even better. Right. So that night we then go, we leave Melbourne uh, all of our flights, like everyone in Melbourne was doing, cause there was another show in Sydney the next night. Yeah. Yep. Everyone's flight <laughs> that was flying to Sydney got delayed. Sick. Oh. Um, so we went from going to Melbourne and then, um, hanging out doing that and then flying to Sydney together. My flight, his flight was at like six in the morning the next day. My flight, it was like 11 o'clock. So we meet in Sydney a bit later. But then uh, Mad Dog and Vixen, they were supposed to, one was supposed to wrestle, um, uh, Vixen was supposed to wrestle Taya Valkyrie, which is um, Johnny Nitro's wife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And her flight got completely like canceled. Like there, she was Fuck. not getting to Sydney. And then um, Mad Dog was supposed to wrestle um, Johnny Nitro. 
And so, and he, they're on the same flight. So these got completely canceled and they're like trying to figure out what to do. So we ended up in a six man tag match, like no rules against Carlo Cannon, Ken Shamrock, Ty Valkyrie and Johnny Nitro. <laughs> Fucking hell. So like, it was just this perfect amalgamation and Hayden was a mark enough for Ken Shamrock, but then for Johnny Nitro, <laughs> yeah. he was just like losing his fucking mind, dude. Like, and I like, don't be wrong. I'm, I'm, you know, I know who Johnny Nitro is. He's fucking awesome. But for Hayden, it was like next level. Right. Um, That's so we end up, end up being in this like, six man, like fight everywhere tag. Hayden gets put in a bin. We suplex uh, Ken Shamrock uh, on the stage. And like, I'm don't get me wrong. I know the dude's not made of like feathers, but I'm like, I don't want to be the guy that like kills Ken Shamrock in fucking Sydney. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I'm like, yeah. I want to do whatever he asks, but I'm just, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to fuck this up, but we suplex him on the, on the stage and then he double suplexes us. And then like, we're talking earlier and he's like, cause he just wants to do everything. Like, He's not like the guy you would expect, like the vet, like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Like I'd heard from other people who had come to Australia. They're like, yeah, nah, kind of not getting paid enough to do that or whatever it is, you know? Right. Um, he's like, uh, so um, picks up a chair. He's like, uh, what do you think of this, man? Like, I'm like, yeah, fuck, I'll take it. He's like, no, 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 no. Like you grab it and hit me with it. I'm like, nah, 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 it's cool, man. He's like, no, no, fucking, fucking hit me with it. I'm like, all right, dude. And then just, Wailed him with a chair and he's like, yeah, that's cool. We'll do that in the match. I'm like, <laughs> so we get the match and I pick up this chair and I smash Ken Shamrock on the back with a chair and I turn to the crowd. I'm like, I just hit Ken Shamrock with a chair. <laughs> and then I look back at him and then bang, punch in the face. I'm like, sweet. That was my minute. That was awesome. it. Awesome. 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 Oh, yeah. Um, but Don, you have accomplished so much in the last 15 years. You've been an APW tag champion, hardcore champion, APW champion. You've wrestled almost everyone there is to wrestle. What else do you wish to achieve in APW? Did you say in APW or just yeah. in wrestling in general? I'll get to that after this. Okay, cool. So um, just going to have to put this on because I'm losing a I think that's a bit better. Um, so, oh, that's nice. Um, so in EPW, um, I just would love to just uh, uh, storylines, man. Like um, something that can like I can really sink my teeth into. We can build up some some crazy hype promos and and just have like um, like something I can build up. And then have like, because the championship is a big thing. You build up for that championship, but to have a story that is 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 a separate from a championship, but just as important. Yeah, absolutely. In a sense, yeah, like just to have that. They're the kind of things I want from wrestling. That and I'm uh, there's I don't know if you've ever heard. There's an Aussie hip hop guy called Bluntfield. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Paul. I'm. Paul, yeah, Paul, yeah, sweet, sweet. Um, we we, we played a show to... together. Yeah, that's right. Yes, we when all my did. My band opened yeah, for fuck. you guys, and he was in the building. Yes, <laughs> yes. So um, I'm currently working, trying to work with Paul. It's hard because I'm I'm the procrastination king. Um, working with him, trying to get an ent- like a, a new theme song. Right. Um, cool. 
and to have that reawakening him out there fucking blasting away with the new new jam and as i enter like the live performance thing again to just to come back to you know the original like when i did the performance but actually have someone you know doing my live music intro to the ring that's always um, a dream of like when you 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 know you're a kid watching wrestling and you watch wrestlemania and limp biscuits playing when undertaker's going to the ring or saliva's yeah, yeah. playing or whoever it is is doing the theme song as they're going in the ring that's like one of the coolest things you know you can imagine is to have like that live band or live act playing as you're entering hundred percent yeah and to also like help help new new guys new talent uh to improve and get better and be one of those guys that uh everyone aspires to work with yeah yeah cool man um so talking about aspirations of going further in wrestling outside of australia you know would you like to would you be considering something like that what is your ultimate goal with wrestling um uh, before i international i want to i want to do a lot more in australia like um uh, melbourne scene's pretty hot the sydney scene's like that and adelaide is like a a sleeping fucking giant. Like there is some shit going down in Adelaide. Um, and I've worked with a few of the guys that have come over here. Um, uh, and, um, I hear there's a little bit happening in Queensland. Uh, my next massive thing is I have to get to Darwin and oh, of course. Darwin. like I have to, um, and then just get a bit, just more. I mean, I know there's like a, a bit of whispers about me in the Eastern States from the bit I've done in, in Melbourne and Sydney but to really become a, a bigger name um, across Australia is, is definitely something I like to do. And then as far as international goes, it's, it's difficult because um, I had a mortgage, I, had a, I got a son and a wife and to, to uproot them or to spend the, enough time because no matter what I fucking do here, like doesn't matter how big I get here. If I go, it's like starting again, same with Absolutely. now. Yeah. going to Melbourne and Sydney and stuff. I've been to Melbourne a couple of times, but I'm still, I'm, I'm the Don there, but I'm not the Don that they know me as in Perth. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I have to re not reinvent myself, but reintroduce myself to a new crowd. And, and I'm, while I'm, I know I can perform to a level that they will enjoy. Um, it's getting going international. It's, it's I'm on, on at even a lower rung again. Like yeah. I, I, you basically have to start again and to, to, to be known at any level, I have to go over there and put in the work. Like you look at guys like Mike and Shane, they went to Japan. Uh, well, Mike went to the States and then um, to and from the States and then to Japan and to and from Japan before they even um, became uh, TMDK and Noah. And then to uh, TM61 um, in the WWE. Um, but then at the same time, you've got um, other guys who hit the right places and, and, um, you know, do a little bit, you know, in other places and then they just get seen by the right people and then that can create something. And if all the, the, the stars and the planets align, you know, you know, and create this perfect, you know, little uh, storm for me to be able to, to do something without completely just, you know, having to shake up my whole lifestyle, that would be fantastic. But it's, it's, I've got to be real here. They're not going to pay me the kind of money as I am to be like, Hey, bring your family. We'll, we'll get you a house over here and you can, you know, like it's, yeah. It, 
it, it, I'm not I'm not completely erasing it, but it it'd be a tough be a tough hard yards to get anything happening. Absolutely, it man. It seems to be very hard for any any Australians as it is to sort of get a shot over there. But I also do think that uh, as the years go on, it's becoming more and more likely uh, that people for people in Australia to sort of get that big break and that big shot in uh, professional wrestling. Well, there's never any Australians there for years except for Nathan Jones, and now we've got like what five of them. And they're all yeah. there now, they're all pretty good. Them. And a little yeah. sidebar. So I'm definitely like, better than Nathan Jones. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and a little sidebar, like how fucking crazy is it seeing like Shane Haste and Elliot Sexton on Raw? Like, yeah, with MVP of all people, insane, Just, uh, fucking insane, man. Oh, for me, like I, I, I like brawled with Shane in a backyard wrestling scenario, like in the mid two thousands. So to know that I fake punched this guy that's now been on WWE Monday Night Raw is pretty crazy to me. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. And um, <laughs> oh shit, yeah, it's it's it's. It's just amazing, honestly. Like something that when I started wrestling, I didn't even think was a thing. No. Like a hundred percent was just like, "Yep, I get to wrestle in Perth. That's gonna be it." That's good um, enough for you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so it to see these guys doing so well, it's it's just amazing. Like, and then J Rock as well over there. I, I met him a couple of times when he came to Perth. Um, fucking great guy, and he's killing it in NXT right now. Mm-hmm. um and same with elliot sexton um and then even like your your uh the iconics the fucking uh, iconics man i love them killing oh, it man. they're, they're killing so it. entertaining man so good. And, so good and another thing last time i went to um melbourne which wasn't that long ago i got to um uh i met emma yeah and she mm-hmm. was killing it before anyone was killing it in in the fed you know um she was yeah. great yeah, and then yeah, she's you know she was here doing some stuff with Summer Ray, and like it was it was so funny. I happened to be in Melbourne, like when they were there, and then um, I came home and I was actually booked on the show they were doing in Perth, but um, because I was on a holiday with my family, I didn't quite make it back in time. So it was just like, you know, I was trying to do the the shows back to back, but it just didn't eventuate. So that was really cool as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing like seeing just Australians anywhere. And then like guys still killing it in, in Japan. Like, I mean, obviously not this second cause he's back home, but Robbie Eagles was over oh, in yeah. Japan killing it. And Chris Vice is there right now. Um, there's been a few other guys doing little things here and there as well. It's just Australian wrestling's killing it. Like another, another one was like Damien Slater wrestling to Jerry in the Cruiserweight classic. Like, oh my fuck? God. Yes. Crazy good. That was, that was uh, when I saw that, I was like, what the- Ooh, and we're gonna have to get Damien on the show, bro. We're gonna have to get him on the show. Yeah, Damien's another one of those names that we'd love. Damien, to Marcus, Pitt, Mikey, that'll be fun. That's that's Chris a good bunch of sick. Of, uh, yes. All I right, think, Jack, uh, you've got three more to go on your end before we get to yeah. five second frenzy. Yeah, uh, a few really uh sort of uh, fun questions now. Not so really uh, much about career related, but uh, this one's a bit of a fun question we like to ask with most of the uh, most of our guests. Um, now, a lot of these are usually Owen Hart related, but obviously this is a bit of a different case. Uh, do you have any good rib stories from over the years? Rib stories? Oh, probably. Oh, you put me on the spot though. Um, <laughs> I should have given you a rib up, bro. Yeah, oh, there's probably like hundreds of them, but it's just oh, yeah, A, be. finding appropriate ones and B, um, just remembering the, the things. Um, Good ribs. Oh, oh, nothing's springing to mind. Um, I mean, a couple of times I had 
like got home from a show, looked in my bag and there was like other people's like KFC rubbish. Um, that's, <laughs> that's the first one that springs from. I'm like, yeah, cool guys. Fucking great. Um, uh, no one's shit in anyone's bag as far as I know. Um, so that's, um, well, that's X-Pac a, and Randy Orton weren't in the locker rooms. Like, no, X-Pac. no, they def- definitely weren't. Um, <clears throat> Which um that was that was another cool thing though by the way meeting X Block when he came down for the NWA show. Oh that yeah, was cool that's, as that's a while back. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. But that was yeah, um, ribs, good ribs. Um, oh man, I'm coming up dry. Like that is <laughs> that's disappointing. Um, no, we've had a. I think a lot of our guests just don't answer that question because um, it's what again, there's some that just aren't appropriate. Uh, some that aren't appropriate. There's some that have been really good, but they, I think they'd rather ask the permission of whoever actually did the rib first. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of them were just Owen Hart ribs, like a lot of just funny Owen Hart ribs. Just that we stupid have things that he did, locking people <laughs> yeah. in the in their dressing room. So when their theme song is playing, they can't get out the room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's happened to Mark, it happened to Mark Merrow and the British Bulldog. They were they were in a, in a room together, and Owen locked the door and. Mark said he could hear his theme song playing. They couldn't get out, and Bulldog's like, "It's fucking Owen. It's fucking Owen." <laughs> that's a good oh, one. No, try, that's huh? great. I'll yeah, no, I'm, I'm down. I've, I've, I've written that down, and it's in my back pocket for uh, next opportunity. <laughs> oh, please, if you do anything to anyone, do it to Del Carno. We would love that. Just yes, play you. Amazing. Done deal. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then when I do it, I'll be like. This one's for Carl. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, bro. Carl and Jack. Oh, shit. Who gave you the best advice over the years? Oh, um, locally, um, best advice. Well, that's, that's tough because you get things in a lot of, I find in wrestling, you get tidbits. Like yeah. just little things here and there, nothing like profound. Um, but Dave's a great one for advice. In the early days, Carney was quite good. Uh, FN Carnage was really quite good for advice. Um, if I have someone I go to now, if I like need to question anything or have anything, I, I speak to um, Kyle, Kyle Steria. Yep. Um, he's he's very the, the aggressive side i'm very very tame nowadays i used to be quite aggressive but now i'm like always like oh let's find a way to make things work but if i ever need the aggressive side i'm like hey kyle is this fucked up or not and he's like yeah that's fucked up okay cool <laughs> good to know um uh inter- international like guys i've met um like from shows that are international um i uh, have you ever heard of um I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get his name right. Uh, Muhammad Ali Vayez. He was from OCW and he did a little bit in Melbourne for a while. And he's been in Perth. Um, he's American plays the Arab American gimmick. Um, not fully, but like he does the American thing, but be, it, with his name, you know, it sort of comes with that territory. And like, honestly, he's just like, slow down, man. Like the best advice I've ever had from someone is just like, you know what? Just slow down. Yeah, no, you got his name right. I just Googled it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> um, and just like, yeah. And, and I've, it wasn't the first time I'd heard it, but it was working with him 
and just working at a pace. You know, you need to speed up at certain times for certain things. It needs to go, it needs to go hell for leather because it's, it's needed. But in general, I find, and other people I've done it since hearing, like since hearing this advice, I've worked with other people. They just like they panic and they rush and they go to the next thing and just, just slow down and to enjoy the moment. Um, and to let things sink in. Um, and actually one that just springs to mind, uh, I remember David storm, uh, in sort of the middle towards the end of the last few years, he's like, you know, fucking enjoy it. Like what's the fucking point of doing wrestling if you're not enjoying it? Exactly. Um, yeah. So they're, they're, they slow down and enjoy yourself. Cool, wrestling man. is one of those things where it's like, it's very niche. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's not, not a lot of people into it. And if you're into it, chances are you've been into it just your whole life and you just can't get the fuck away from it as much as you'd like to. Uh, you just can't. Very much so, yes. I've tried to. <laughs> I'm still I, stuck. <laughs> I tried and it's not going to happen. Well, <laughs> Once I think I'm out, they drag me right back in again. <laughs> <laughs> um, lastly, do you have any regrets from your, uh, from your APW careers over the last 15 years? <laughs> Well, having a seizure, that was quite <laughs> regretful. Um, just, yeah, that, like I was saying, that taking it too far, instead of planning for a good story to, to make it make sense and for people to enjoy it, I went into it thinking, I'm going to fuck myself up as much as possible. Yeah. And I achieved it and it didn't work out. Um, not, and it's not an easy thing. Like I can say it, uh, not being in, taking better care of my body. Um, I'm in a good place right now, but, um, there's just like niggling injuries, like that will just flare up every now and again, like my back, sometimes my neck, my shoulder, um, my knees were good for a long time, but then just recently I hurt my knee and every now and again, like the amount of clunks and fucking clicks when just with regular movement, like, yeah. Every time I get out of a seat, I get a double click from both knees oh shit I, i'm working on it now me. the personal trainer but like uh, man my knees are so shit it's because of working in the bottle shop lifting yeah. shit and i've just fucked myself but yeah i know how that uh, feels yeah that, that tall meniscus shit i don't know if you've ever had the thing where your knee locks while you're trying to sleep in bed or um, oh, shit. You get that burning feeling in your knee and when you're oh, no. when you're like half asleep and you get that burning feeling fuck that's Oof. that's a cunt yeah no fun <laughs> i i lost a little bit of sensation in my uh, thumb and forefinger on my right hand side because of inflammation in my neck and like burning in my forearm just like intense like burning so that but that was again not looking after myself uh gonna um yeah protect that um and not if i could tell like anyone like as far as regrets goes not that i regret so much but say someone was starting off they just sort of they sort of know what they're doing they're just sort of starting off in Perth. I'd be like, get the fuck out, go to Melbourne, go to Sydney, try and go to England, try and go to Japan. I'm not saying forever, but the more you wrestle, the, the, the more it becomes like a habit. You know what you're doing more. You, you become more accustomed to if something not goes wrong, like in a major way, but in a minor way, you're like, okay, this is how am I going to adjust for it and cover it over. Um, the, there wasn't as much opportunity to wrestle when I first started, it was like maybe once every month or two months. Um, and that's, 
while that's fine, it's just not enough to really improve. Um, I wish I, there were, I had planned in the early days to go to the States for a little bit, but I couldn't get the funds together. Um, I wish I had have pushed that. Um, it may have changed. And then again, I may have gone to the States and gone, fuck this shit. I never want to do this again. But um, it's, it's one of those things where get as much uh, experience and especially wrestling people better than you, worse than you, take it all in. Um, I was, I've never been a kind of guy to be like, no, nah, I'm not wrestling that guy. Um, yeah. but definitely that's not the right attitude to have. Make it always mm. safe for yourself. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, as much practice and, and, and physical ability, um, like just always train, always keep moving, always keep, um, keep on your diet, you know, like that's, I regret not having that shit more locked down earlier in my life but not to the point of a, a serious regret, but it's something if I could change, I would. Yeah, of course. And we all have those. Yeah, yeah for sure. All right, Carl, five seconds. All right. That. Let's do it. Oh, shit. You know about I've heard, five I've heard of this. frenzy? You've, oh, you've yes, I do. I, I don't know if I'm ready for it, man. If I'm hyped. Oh, this is great. This is the first person that's uh, been Actually, interviewed that knew. Because <laughs> none of these guys are going to fucking know. Um, <laughs> so five I second watch. frenzy. Yeah. Sorry, we're gonna say. I say I watched. I watched Fifty Five Live. I, I've seen it. <laughs> Very nice. Excellent. You're, you're one of about a hundred. Um, yeah. So, as per usual, five second friends. You have five seconds to answer each question. Even if you break the five second rule, it doesn't matter. Um, quick fire. It's very hard to get quick fire answers from wrestlers because of what they've put themselves through over the years. But uh, <laughs> the brain doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. The Don Michael Morleone. Your favorite match you've ever had? Oh, so many reasons for different matches, but I'd have to say my championship match against when I first won my championship off Davis Storm. That's probably that's probably it. Sweet. Your favorite wrestler. Oh, now? Ever? Ever. Oh, that's fucked. Um, that's a tough one because it's like so many reasons for different people. But I'd have to say it has to be Stone Cold Steve Austin because I named my son Austin for that reason. So, oh, right. That's let's go yeah. with now as well. Now's a good now? One. Right now, current active wrestlers. Uh, I haven't watched a heap super recently, but if you're talking about like the Fed... It, I, I like Roman Reigns. Like, I know it's not a popular opinion, but um, he has presence and he has come up in a time when people want to boo the good guy. Like, to just to be like, this is who you want me to go for? Fuck that guy. And did, that's a prick of a spot to be in. Did yeah. you? It's not his fault. <laughs> no. Hang on, Carl. Yes, Jack. At a WrestleMania 30... Which t- 32 the WrestleMania 32 viewing at the game. Were you the guy that fucking ran up on stage and did the full Roman Reigns taunt when he beat Triple H? Yeah, I fucking did. Oh, that was me. God. Oh, that sucks. Oh, that <laughs> is and, so and, heinous. <laughs> and the best thing, the best thing about that was <laughs> I was pretty much being that guy that I don't like because everyone was like, yeah, Triple H because Roman's the next guy. We don't like him. And I was like, yeah. fuck y'all. Roman's the man. Like he's, you know, he's the, 
Triple H is only in this match to put fucking Roman over. You're all going to be disappointed at the end. Yeah, that's fucking right. Like, man, yeah. Triple H is my all-time favorite. So that's why I was so salty that morning at the game, man. I was fucking, I was, yep. I was fucking ready to kick off. Hey. Oh I shit! To- I was stirring it. I was stirring it too. No, oh, no. And man. you know what? <laughs> I take nothing away from Triple H because he's called the game for a reason. Like, exactly. he, you got to play the game. He, he's amazing. Like, however. His time is done. Like at that time, he'd done everything. He was, he was literally, you, you have, I feel like there's an arc. There's like your enhancement talent at the start. And then you have your moments, like it goes up. And then as you go off and you get older, you're there to put over the next guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and he's a fucking businessman. And that's why he runs that shit. Like and he, actually, he knows. And he retired over the weekend, by the way, everyone. He yeah. Was, uh, unofficially retired. Yes, uh, yes, I, I but do it quietly. I think he yes, have but more. Re- wrestling retirement doesn't ever stick. Yeah, he should have one more and have it be known it's the last one instead of I don't even know what his last match. Was. He he, he, he better not be that tag match with the the brothers of destruction in Saudi Arabia. No, surely. it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. Okay. Anyway, back to Five Second Frenzy. Yes. Yes. I forgot what uh, <laughs> your favorite opponent over the years. Oh, favorite opponent. Oof. There's been many. I've had a lot of really good opponents, like really great people. Um, oh, that's a tough one. I So many different reasons for so many different people, but I'd have to say um, David, David Storm because he just, he's a guy who brings it out of you. Like yeah. whether you mean to or not, it's just his like solid, just hard stare and you can just feel like, you know, they say about the rock, you feel the electricity. When you stand across the ring from Davis Storm, you can feel his passion. You can feel him like fucking like you better be good because I'm going to be on my game. And if you can't match me, you're fucked. Like, yeah. So like that just brings it, just brings it out of you. Like whether you want it to or not, it's amazing. And you know what? That just uncovered this memory of mine that I just, Hadn't thought about in years. I, I did an EPW training camp many years ago. I think I was 19 or something. Uh, nice. And I started doing the training. And then we got to a stage where we were doing like training matches. So I actually had a match with Dave. And um, oh, nice. I was too shy to actually, he was, you know, he was allowing the opportunity for me to try and hit a move on him. Or even a yeah. clothesline, but I was—I felt like it wasn't my place to even try and hit a move on him. The only yeah. thing I did in the match was he put me in the corner and I kicked him in the gut. And as I kicked him in the gut, I pitter patted him on the head. Like, oh no! I banged the heel. Oh and, no! And he looked up. And this is a training match, so he knows it's a training match, and he knows I'm playing the heel. But just in front of what ten people, the intensity. Yeah. He yeah. was in character at that moment. Yeah. And he just and laid like, into me with a forearm backbreaker. Yeah. One, two, that's, three. <laughs> that's one of the most unsung. Like, if you were to like Greco Roman style, you know, you get to get him down and you get him into the downward dog or you get him flat. If you, you know, that spin and that patter on the back of the head, that is the greatest insult <laughs> you can give to someone. So you have pretty much in kayfabe given him the fucking biggest insult. You just pat him on the head. Like he's a, like a puppy. It's like, I will fucking kill you. Like, cause but, I knew what was you know, going to come next. I knew what was going to uh, end my demise. You knew what's happening. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's what, uh, the trainee at the time deserves. So that's yeah, it. Fair enough. But I'm, I'm, as you're saying about like 
the way he is, like just the look in his face, he was like he was in character at that point in time in front of like 10 people just watching this trainee have a match. Um, Excuse me, why was that never mentioned in the interview with him? <laughs> I totally forgot until just now. That's amazing. Um, yeah, anyway. no. Um, uh, your favorite food, Don? Uh, oof. Favorite food. I want to say like burgers. No, they're nice. great. Yeah. Burgers are fantastic. And there's so many cool places to go to get it now. Yeah. Like, varsity um, is amazing. Oh, and man. there was, where's this other place I went to? Um, uh, it's in Victoria Park. It was fucking amazing. Uh, Chimac? Oh, I can't remember. It might have just oh. been, is there a varsity in? There's a in varsity. Park? No, there's not. It's uh, it's in Netherlands and uh, Jingle okay. and Morley. Okay. Burgers, Victoria Park. I'm googling it. I'm googling uh, it. It's um, they've got one uh, another place. It's uh, oh. is it Royale's Chicken and Burgers? Royale's, Royale's. Oh, amazing, amazing okay. burgers, Royale. I'm gonna have to check that out. I've never been. Yes, another yes. place to or check you should. out. Another place to check out is O Burgers in Northbridge. I went there yesterday. Fucking incredible. O Burgers, nice. O Burgers, nice. all right. I think it recently opened. Anyway, uh, your favorite alcoholic beverage. Uh, it depends on the moment, right? Because I'm into my hip hop. I will crank out Hennessy occasionally. It's not my favorite, but just because I love hip hop, I will drink Hennessy. Uh, but to my go-to is probably Wild Turkey, pre-mixed. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, your favorite film? Oh, well, that's a little bit obvious. The Sopranos. Godfather. The, God- oh. the Godfather. Sopranos yeah. is a TV yeah. show. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a TV wrong. show, that's- Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Leave me alone. So TV um, show, Sopranos? TV show, um Yeah, yeah, for a time, but then fuck Breaking Bad, man. I'm Ooh, wearing this shirt, bro. The butter being that's my place. Man. Actually that's Breaking Bad is my favorite TV show. Um, yeah, I mean doing wrong Sopranos for a long time was you know, but damn, like it's when Breaking Bad, Bad came out, my God. Oh, next um, level. Absolutely. Uh your favorite musical artist. Cypress Hill. Sick. Cypress Hill is my jam. That's my current entrance theme. I never want to change it, but I, I just, I, I really feel in this thing. I want to work with, um, with Paul, with Bluntfield and, and make something original. Have an original song. It'd be sweet. Yeah. Uh, my favorite one of five second frenzy, your favorite female body part. Oh, this is, and I've seen a few people like, man, I don't know if I can break them down to just body parts, you know, like, um, <laughs> And I'm sure not a lot of them didn't tell you the right thing. They just went something like the smile. Oh, Dave said. Dave said the eyes. I think didn't the he? eyes. They yeah. can sell it. The eyes can sell it hard. Um, but I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a booty man. Like that's hell. Fucking yeah, man. sick, bro. That's, that's my thing. Like I mean, that's it. All of it. All of it in general, you know. But uh, yeah, I'm a, definitely a booty man. Hell Excellent, bro. So, so is Bob Holly. So yes, <laughs> my dude. <laughs> uh, and finally. The Don Michael Morleone, your favorite curse word. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> it's good, man. It feels like, good. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm quite pers- I mean, I know a lot of people don't like it, but I'm, I'm quite uh, fond of the C word. Oh, I am too. But not, not in a, a, always in a derogatory way. Like this guy's a mad cunt. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, that's, that's the highest praise you can give someone. Like you are a mad cunt. Like, yeah. but it also can be, you're a fucking mad cunt. Like you are mad. Like you, you've, you've, you know, there's, there's 
it's just so expressive. But I will have to say, I I, the, I drop f bombs a lot more than uh, than c bombs for sure. Yeah, it's and funny, you know, uh, like Jack, you and I, I, I think we can agree that the Don Michael Morleone is a mad cunt. Yeah, he's ah, a mad my cunt. voice. Yes, he's a good cunt. you guys, fifty five live, <laughs> mad cunts. <laughs> Thanks, <bro. laughs> Jack. Do you have anything else to say, bro? Um, other than the fact, I think it's funny that foreigners um, find it crazy that we say "can't" so loosely. Yeah, yeah. I had to explain many times to Americans that come to Australia and hear us say "can't" so loosely and friendly that it's a good thing to be called a cunt and not a yes. bad thing. Um, yeah. I don't. Um, mm. I just. There's it's like uh, that meme that went around: "Cunt equals mate, and mate equals cunt." Oh yeah, because if you yeah. say if you say to someone, "Oh, your mate," they're not yeah. their friend at all. No. But if you say, "So, going on, mate," you know, like it, it can be said, like when you're getting kicked out of somewhere, you don't get to say, "Excuse me, sir." It's like, "Come on, mate, time to go." Like it's yeah, um, yeah. You get into an argument, be... you're like, "Listen, mate, listen, mate." Yes. You don't yeah. say, "Listen, cunt." You don't say yeah. that. So no. yeah, he's a, he's a good cunt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking your mate over here. Exactly, yeah. Like sure that like old mate as well. Yeah, yeah. Fuck I love Australia. So good. Well the Don Michael Borleone, we wanna thank you so much for giving us two hours and forty two minutes of your time so far. It's been fantastic. I've had a ball. I'm sure you've had a ball, Jack. But um, I, I want to say, you know, as per usual, I give the nice little speech at the end. You should be so proud of everything that you accomplished, man. 15 years. What a journey. You've been champion. You've been tag champion, hardcore champion. You've created memories and moments that will last for your lifetime. And not just your mind, but mine and Jack's mind. And uh, we really appreciate you. And we really want to wish you the best of luck when things get going again with APW. Thanks so much, guys. I, and I appreciate you having me on. I always enjoy a good chat with good people. So with, with good cunts. So. <laughs> thanks bro no, man, and okay. um after we stop recording we'll just uh have you on for one last question um but jack Oops. if you want to close things out let's do it yep so uh no thanks everyone who's been watching uh the 55 live podcast uh again it's been michael morleone as our special guest tonight next week we have is it spanish angel car uh it's supposed to be spanish angel but you know it, he's uh he's got a pretty tough work schedule so if it falls through it falls through but angel from Daboldi's in ecw is hopefully coming next week and then we've got a, uh, a good lineup of some of our other guests a couple of ecw names as well uh i won't can't i'm not gonna even gonna, i'm not even let's, let's, let's not pre-announce anyone because no. you know the fucking some of these pro wrestlers dude some of the time they just you know they bail on us at the last second and we've already announced them and fucking hell yeah what man so anyway <laughs> if anyone is uh watching and listening and you've made it this far thank you very much uh, and as always you can go down there and hit subscribe unless you're listening to this on spotify or apple podcasts or any other platform on anchor fm then you know the drill just follow us leave us a review you leave us a five stars do your thing and uh, until then this has been california and fury and the don mark and Wally only thank you